Hey, this is Alana from the Holland Project in Reno, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hotline from the Honeycomb Hideout. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Star, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude That You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, <laughs> a.k.a. De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local also, that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the, the fuck, fuck did, did he, he get, get here? El hombre de la gente, the habitual line crosser, and the fucking honey badger. Hey, it's Jake, Guppy, Killer Shark Productions. <laughs> Three extras in a row. Coming in super hot today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Late. Sorry, guys. You know, and just busy, busy week. So Yeah, it happens. You got kids. You How know? was your week? Mm-hmm. It was good. Uh, spending it out in Cincinnati eating Skyline Chili, which is basically um, a brown chocolate cinnamon mm-hmm. marinara wannabe sauce with no tomatoes on spaghetti and a pound of cheese. Marinara uh, wannabe uh, sauce. Yeah. yeah. How, How good yeah. was it, though? Like, real life? Real life. The waitress, as she's walking away, cause she, she knew I, it was my first time. She's like... Do you need a bib? <laughs> she asked me if I wanted a bib because uh, it's a sloppy meal. But but good it was stuff. good? Yeah. It yeah. was good because uh, this lady at work, she's from the Midwest. And I was like, yo, my friend's in Cincinnati. What's up with that chili on spaghetti? And then she's like, <laughs> it's actually pretty good. And you're like afraid to admit it, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like so. I, I feel it was invented because somebody didn't have tomatoes for the marinara. Maybe. Maybe just got whatever was in the cupboard. Bingo, one of those. But it worked, and now it's a uh, now it's a thing in in the natty. Like it's not just a thing. There are skylines on every really? corner. Oh yeah, high oh, tech, yeah. high <laughs> tech. Let us know every corner. <laughs> All right, uh, how was your week, Sean? It was good. Um, no, that's a lie. But there's there's <laughs> testing. Tell the truth. There's testing. The kids are out of control. Like I've never been. I had uh, a mom come in, like wondering why her kid was failing my class. Like, just, she just, like, he's failing all of his classes, but, like, <laughs> mine's the first one, so, like, she, and, like, I happen to be available after school, and, he, like, I, I'd warned them. I'm, like, so it's the three of us and, like, the translator, and I look at him, and I'm, like, why is your mom here wondering why you're failing my class when I tell you multiple times per week what you need to do so you're not failing my class? And he just stared blankly. Yeah. I'm like, tell her why you're failing my class. But then I got mad. So before he could even start, I told her why. Yeah. And then like, it sucked for him because like, because of testing, we have to turn our test tickets in at the end of the day. So all of his teachers walked by my classroom to go turn their things in, saw his mom was there, and then came back to talk to her. So ev- all six of his teachers came in and one by one talked and told her why, what he was doing and all the stuff he's been doing. By the end, she was in tears. The kid was just sitting there with a blank stare on his face. And then we all were like, yeah, he can come in. And then he missed the rest of the week of school and didn't come to school the rest of the week. Dang. And then another mom scheduled a meeting for Monday. And her son was her son got kicked out of testing for wilding out, like talking and, and having his phone. Then, then Friday in my class... Or Thursday, he was in detention with me, and he, him and this other kid were throwing food at each other and spilt a bunch of food on the floor of my room, and I... Probably lost it? I No, I didn't, but oh. I, I fucking... I took, like, a five-minute 
scenario that I acted out in my head that I won't <laughs> like like in, share like in the movies. It's like <laughs> like it happens, and then all of a sudden you're I just like, oh, it's a daydream. And I took a deep breath, uh-huh. and I was like, you guys need to clean that up right now. <laughs> and if anyone else does anything in here, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Was right it now. in that calm voice too? Yes, that's good. That's the and scariest then, voice. Yeah. Why is Sean calm? Why and then the- Friday. He was like flipping this kid off in my class, and like, like in the like he sits in the front because he can't. He's a bad boy. And I was like, stop it! And like he was like, stop what? And I was like, are we gonna play? Are we gonna do this? Are we gonna do this game? Oh man! I'm like, what am I supposed to tell your mom when we have this meeting on Monday? Yeah, that you've been flipping people off. That you're. I'm like, what? He's like, I don't care. I'm like, you don't care. He's like, I didn't even know. I'm mm. not gonna go. Like you're not gonna go to the meeting with your mom mm. that your mom said and did tell you about. Mm. You think you have a choice in this? <laughs> like I don't care. Oh man. I'm like, dude, it's Mother's Day weekend. This mm-hmm. is how you're gonna repay your mom on Monday. He's there like, I don't care. care. There you was go. this on Friday? He, yeah, this was yesterday. He's okay, like, and I don't care. And he was probably a person of color, so it was. He's Mother's like, Day. Mother's Day's today. Yeah, and I'm like, I know. Like this, it's this whole weekend, and mm-hmm. you're gonna repay her on Monday. This is what you're gonna do. He's like, I don't care about that. <sighs> So wow. then I was like, all right. So I, then I went and wrote an email mama. to mm-hmm. our like the receptionist and asked her to call, call his mom and share with him, with her what he had just told me. I was like, so I just wrote an email with everything you just said and asked uh, Spanish to, to call your mom and tell her what you said. What was the look? He just sat there. He probably got the chancla already. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a mm-hmm. – but – all that aside, last mm. night the Warriors won. There we go. Yeah. They beat the Rockets. Yeah, I, was, I haven't been this happy. I saw you call out the whole city, the yeah. whole been, state. I, have, I hated the Rockets so much. Chris Paul, fuck Chris Paul, fuck James Harden, fuck Daryl Morey, fuck Mike D'Antoni, fuck the whole Rockets organization, <laughs> the Toyota Center, Toyota, fucking Houston. <laughs> Texas, except two for, weeks in a row. Except for like, fucking except, for Bum, except for Bum being and, and, and Scarface and in Toby Nwigwi. Yeah. Besides those, but like, I was yeah. so happy they. I, I was so happy <laughs> they lost. I, I was so happy they lost. I wish I was here to watch it, but you know, had you a, see that but I held show. back because Samantha was, I was like, I'm holding back because you're here. You don't need to see this. Yeah, <laughs> just, just the side just, of the just wait to the next series. It's gonna be fantastic. There was a kid on the sidelines holding up a sign that said, "I missed graduation for the Houston uh, game," I and then that. they just tore him up in the comments. You shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had a better time. So it was a great week, I guess, overall. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> How nice. was your week, Susan? Um, I don't know. The usual is just one thing stands out. I'm like a contributor to the R&R now. Hey. Congratulations. Hey. Yeah. So like little meetings. First story next week, right? Well, yeah, we got the Motown Mondays will be on next week. And then uh, hopefully some friend page stuff coming up soon. So, You've yeah. really been pushing that since day one. You're like, you're like they're number one advertiser i'm i'm trying to be um i'm trying to just take over the photojournalism game because yep. i feel that's my style and that's what i would do well in one party at a time yeah and just trying to fuck baby the steps mm-hmm. yeah and you know just add it to the resume you know into that linkedin that i need to update <laughs> <laughs> now another reason this week was disappointing because of the kids behavior was that it is teachers appreciation week yeah. this week it was employee appreciation and i did not feel very appreciated but we do have a special <laughs> panel panel of teachers edu- fellow educators for this on this week to share with you their thoughts on being a teacher in education so we'll just start going around the room introduce yourself and tell us uh the grade level how you teach in a subject uh, i'm tc i teach eighth grade science and yep this is my sixth year in teaching and this is your third is this your third or fourth time on the podcast 
think my fourth. Because you, yeah. you, you were on once to, to fill in as a stat I man. Say, I think this is my And third. you were on another time last year for the teacher panel, correct? Yeah, so this is my third. Yeah. Third time. Nice. You get the green jacket after five. I don't know. we got to start jacket. making shit. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it'll be a mug or something. You're, you're uh, up there, though, as far as guests. Yeah. Moberly's up there. Uh, who else? We Mark. Got? Oh, yeah, Mark. From Magpie and, yeah. uh, and Costa. Costa, yeah. Hip-Hop Johnny's been on a few times. Yeah, Hip-Hop yeah, Johnny. We got we to gotta figure something out. Yeah. At like five and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We digress. <laughs> No rabbit holes. <laughs> uh, my name is Debbie. I teach second grade. I've been teaching for about 11 years now. Nice. 11, dang. I know, right? <laughs> Over a decade. That's awesome. Um, and I'm Griffin. Uh, I teach at Wooster High School at all sorts of levels. So I teach uh, English language arts and spoken word poetry specifically, which is like my pride and joy. Nice. nice. I'm MJ Ubando. I teach at Sparks High School. I teach English to sophomores who are fabulous sometimes uh, and creative <laughs> writing. I've been teaching, this is my, I think, seventh year. That's crazy. Yeah. Dang. Nice. Very cool. So we started, this is my seventh year. <gasps> oh, mm. we started at the same time. And Griffin, how long have you been teaching? Um, like 350 days. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to reach the end of my first year right Damn. now. Damn. Nice. Very cool. Griffin was so my, uh, he was my uh, practicum student a few years ago. I don't even know how long. I, oh, I nice. lost track, but mm-hmm. a few years ago, he was my practicum student. He got to observe my class and see me in action. Nice. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Sean actually used to be my sub. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow. Back when you were at Virginia Palmer. That's right. She's I the only to... elementary school teacher I ever subbed for. Oh, dang. Fifth and sixth grade. Well, I guess I subbed for your friend for fifth grade a couple times, too. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. fifth and sixth grade, that was the only time I ever subbed yeah. elementary school. Subbing is rough. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I can't see you with second graders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. They're going to cry. They're going to be like, the, the, make the bad man stop. No. Me. No. Just nothing we get done. We just yeah. play all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Naps. Yep. That would be good. Like, you guys want to go outside and, like, look for some bugs? Yeah. <laughs> Nature, it's science. Right. What about you, Sean? Uh, grade and this is my seventh year teaching, sixth at trainer, and I teach sociology and I teach poetry as well. The Nar awesome. Mr. R. The Nar Mr. R. It's beautiful. So, um, what made you guys want to become a teacher? Um, for me, I was a field biologist before as a teacher, and I worked all summer and spent all my summers away from my friends and family. And then I got a job one winter as a teacher's assistant and found it way more impactful. And it was nice mm. to have breaks when I wanted to have breaks. And it was just a good career. And so my mom was a teacher. I liked it. I liked teaching. Bingo. Things. Mom being so, a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I avoided it. I avoided it for a long time, I think, because of that. I'm like, I don't want to do what my mom does. <laughs> my brother does what DC my dad does. is your destiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you were groomed for this. <laughs> so, yeah, I just really liked it. It's a, it's a good, rewarding job. Uh, super stressful at times. And somewhat thankless a lot of the time but TC's gonna be the negative Nancy this week yeah <laughs> I've, I've, keeping it real. I've had a rough year so. <laughs> <laughs> but I am switching districts and I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm excited to see how the other half live I, I, I wonder if it's greener pastures I, I don't know is it, explain what you mean by that because t- you like people, us yeah. we've taught at title one schools our whole career so yeah and I'm so and I've always taught in Washoe County and they, there's all kinds of stressors right now in Washoe County and things aren't going where 
people want right now. So I'm excited to see if these problems are just universal for teaching. So since I'm going to move to Colorado this summer, it'll be interesting to see if like, oh, no, Washoe doesn't have their shit together. They need to do this. Or it's like, no, it's universal. These problems, <laughs> nobody's I happy. I feel like we know the answer to that question. By universal. But also, congrats <laughs> to Katie, your wife, for getting yes. accepted to grad school. That's yeah. tight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be the only non-Dr. Calhoun. My brother's a doctor. His wife's a doctor. My wife will be a doctor. And then I'll just be Mr. Calhoun, the eighth grade science teacher. Don't worry. I'm not a doctor either. Don't worry about it. It's all right. You can still get your PhD. Somebody has to. That's not going to (laughs) happen. At least he knows himself. No more school for you. Know thyself. (laughs) No. Get a PhD in education. I'm like, nah. (laughs) What about a PhD in something cool? Like yeah. science. Like biology. Well, mm-hmm. I'd have to get my master's in it. That's the thing. Uh, uh, so I'd, I'd uh, have to go back and get a second master's. And I'm like, nah, that ship has sailed. But I'm like, <laughs> I'll let my wife make the money. I'll be a stay-at-home dad. I can't that's, wait. Oh, that's, that, go on <laughs> life. Oh, yeah. Go on life. <laughs> I mean, that's my dream. But yeah, yeah. I'll, How about you, Debbie? Um, I have probably always wanted to be a teacher. My parents were nurses, so I was not similar, into that. Similar stresses, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, always wanted to. And then I actually had a really awesome teacher in high school who really just give brought her, a bunch of Give this person a shout out. I, Tell their name. Yes. Dan Circatella, Mr. C. Hmm. He actually was my, I was a total nerd in high school. Debate team. Orchestra, oh, drama. Nice. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah, Debate was the best. Tri- tri- trifecta. <laughs> so um, he was my debate coach, but was an awesome teacher, taught history, and um, told me that he was, you know, that he was really proud of who I was and what I was going to become, and he made me feel like I was invincible. So I wanted to do that for students, too. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Each one teach one. That's how you do it. Empower the youth. Passing Everybody it on. remembers their Inspiring favorite Inspiring someone else. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What about you, Griffin? Um, you know, I have a tattoo about this. Um, so, like, when I was a kid, uh, like, growing up, I wanted to be a scientist, right? I'm like, ooh, space and stuff. And I had, like, a microscope skit and everything. Uh, and then in my freshman year of high school, I read Animal Farm by George Orwell with my class. And I remember it's, like, the first, like, profound thought I ever had as, as a human being. I, like, realized very suddenly, really impactfully that, like, um, people mattered more than anything and that like no matter what the people could do with things like with science really what mattered was like to cultivate and to nurture the person um and so it was like first epiphany and then um it was so impactful for me i'm like i gotta do this i want to be involved in helping other people have this kind of insight and i want to work with people i just realized and so like the math on that just seemed to be like be a teacher right like talk about books and work with people that's what i wanted to do and now here i am boom very cool Dang, 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Almost yeah. one year George ago. Orwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really good. MJ, what? Um, so my story is really similar to Debbie's, but so everybody, I'm Filipino, and everybody in my family is a nurse. Like, it's just our birthright. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, that's just what you do. And yeah. so I actually was, like, hiding that I wanted to be a teacher for my parents for a really long time. And I remember distinctly, I would, with my little cousin, who was, like, three or four, she was, like, about to start elementary school in a couple of years, and I would, like, do classrooms. I had, like, teddy bears set up, and I would have, like, a whiteboard, and I would teach her her ABCs. And I was like, I think this is what I want to do, but I can't tell anybody. Wow. (laughs) So I, like, for a long time was like, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a nurse, and I just, like, lied to everybody. And then, similarly, my senior year, 
um, one amazing teacher, uh, Wes Reed, who teaches, actually at Sparks High School, Wes Reed was my English teacher, and then I went back and did my student teaching with him, and then I taught right next to him for years. Uh, so he's just like my mentor forever, but uh, he kind of convinced me to do it. And so I was trying to be a journalist for a little while, and that didn't work out the way I wanted to. And so I just kind of went into teaching, and it's super rewarding. I really enjoy it. Sometimes it's just stressful, especially this time of the year. But all the food this it's, week is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. With the end of the tunnel, it's like the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah, you can see yeah. it. The fourth quarter, we just got. I feel close like it out. testing. The weather getting good. They're all getting antsy. Oh, and after like, spring break, they're nuts. Yeah. They're all crazy. I guess feel crazy themselves too. so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and I, I understand too. <laughs> I'll be like. I have my windows open. I've, you know, I turn the lights off in my classroom more. Just try and keep it chiller. Keep the level down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as teachers, do you guys choose what grade level and what you want to teach, or does that just you apply and get what you get? Just roulette. Well, I mean, I was petrified of older kids. Well, one, I'm like five foot, right? <laughs> so to think about teaching older kids is a little intimidating. Um, and then the only position that I got hired for was a sixth grade position. So I was like, shit, these kids are taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that and, all the time. <laughs> and, um, um, but I ended up loving it because they just get your sense of humor. You just gotta really assert yourself. You right. gotta make sure they know who is boss. But um, leader. that's right. <laughs> you gotta establish dominance. You do, you do. But you know what, they like that. You know, they, they uh, students really- they need structure. Yeah. Oh yes, mm-hmm. structure is huge for the kids. But um, yeah, then sixth grade was kind of where I wanted to be until I moved to another school with my admin. He took me to another school and I ended up in second, which was equally as scary <laughs> now now in some places sixth grades middle school but in washoe county it's still elementary right no That's changing. Oh, next year changing. all sixth graders will okay. be middle school yeah. douglas county sixth grade still elementary so i, I get yeah. confused personally but yeah I, I i don't know the rest of you i feel like they should be away from the rest of the elementary school kids yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah middle school is a holding pattern <laughs> middle school is just like oh you're not little kids anymore you're mm-hmm. not old enough to be high schoolers we're gonna put you in this building where you can't screw with other people for two three <laughs> yeah, years we're, we're just keeping you away from <laughs> yeah. population and right then now. the teachers that work there are like oh they don't know anything and it's like mm-hmm. yeah they're middle school that's why we hide them in this building <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah you're right well, so how did you end up as a middle school teacher well because i taught high school and i failed so many of them when they came in as freshmen because they weren't ready and i'm like oh i'm gonna go Respect. down and fix this and then i go down to the middle school i'm like no it's not it's not the school it's them <laughs> they're the problem so i don't know i've had a really rough year i'm super <laughs> jaded over here <laughs> i have great students and they and uh, so, um, a majority of them will be ready for high school but i have some that i've said the same words of advice 50 60 times and it's in one ear not the other that's the thing though you remember the ones that you'd work so hard to get that needed the most you yeah. don't like it's easy to forget the awesome students. You appreciate them when they're there. Yeah. But like, it's triage. It's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you remember yeah. the tragedy or the, the, uh, mm-hmm. well, it's not the tragedy, but what's the word? The, I'm just looking for the one they are to deal with. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for the one that needs the most help. And yeah. they sit in the front row and all the kids that are ready for high school are like in the back row and they have their stuff together. They turn it on time. I never have to talk to them about their grades. So yes, they totally get forgotten and they do not, the squeaky wheel gets attention. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Most traumatizing. That was the T word. I, was for. I couldn't figure it out. Okay. Caught MJ, up. how did you end up in high school? Um, I knew I didn't want to teach elementary students. It just, it freaked me out. There were, no offense. But they're always like sticky. I feel like <laughs> they're sticky and they want to, it's just weird. Um, and I also knew I couldn't, you know, I'm like the anti-Asian. I suck at math. 
And so I was like, I don't want to teach all subjects. And I've always loved writing in English. And so I ended up in high school because middle school scared me for obvious reasons. Um, And yeah, I really enjoy it. So I I teach sophomores and they're like this weird age group where they're not freshmen. So everything's not glowy and beautiful anymore and they don't want to make you stuff. But they're not seniors, so they can't see graduation. So they're like this just apathetic group of people. And I love them. They're my peeps. Nice. Yeah. They've accepted their fate, but <laughs> they have haven't, yeah. haven't don't it, know the results yet. Yeah, they don't see the light yet at the end of the not tunnel. yet. No, mm-hmm. they're far from it. So mm-hmm. they're. I mean, Griffin, what age you teach? Uh, I'm in with the high school students, and I'm like right with MJ with the like I don't want to just deal with sticky people. <laughs> right? Like also, I just feel like like teachers come in two stripes, like elementary or high school, and it just depends entirely on how much like natural energy you produce as a person. Like every time I see an elementary school student teacher, like shout out to you, Debbie, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> look at them go! How do you do that? Where do you get all the energy? They work to, like, so get, much uh, harder. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I can't, I can't, I couldn't handle that energy level. I'm just not that speed. Elementary school teachers work way harder than the rest. Of us. Let's be honest. I prep. I prep an hour yep. of class and I repeat it five times. Yeah. <laughs> Elementary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like six hours of the new stuff. Are everything. Crazy yeah. for you guys. Yeah, it is. We we do not get an an hour of prep time, which I would kill for. <laughs> yeah, my first. I have like enrichment to start off, and then I have my first period's prep, and I like I get everything ready for the day. I go make some tea. I go to the bathroom. Comes by like, my room, says hi. Yeah, like, <laughs> talk some shit to some kids who need to turn some work. Like, hey, yeah. where, where's your work at, bro? I'll see you fifth period. You better have it then. And then, you know, I could, but I couldn't, I worked with elementary school kids for years in college. I loved it. I love hanging out with like 10-year-olds, <laughs> 8-year-olds, 9-year-olds. But the mm. thought of trying to teach uh-huh. them all day no learning would get done. I would. I couldn't focus enough to like hold them. You know, like hold their attention. attention. Yeah. yeah, like it would be like, all right, like this is boring. <laughs> Let's go outside. Guys. Let's do something else. So, so <laughs> you've chosen the middle school path too because it's the no middle school chose me. Oh. <laughs> I taught high school. I could not continue. I needed another job, mm. and middle school was, was open. And I naively not. Realized because I I wasn't that bad of a middle schooler. I had done my internship in middle school. I just had not didn't realize what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And it's it wears on you. <laughs> <laughs> both the, both the middle school guys yeah. look like they've seen battle. <laughs> they just have that ten yard stare. That <laughs> <laughs> what are we on our third week of testing and like weird schedules and yeah. I had the area superintendent in my room the other day and a kid flipped another kid off behind my back and the area superintendent's on my room oh. and I yeah it's just been. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I'm right next to the boys' bathroom, so I have to go in the boys' bathroom and break up slap boxing competitions all the time. Like that testosterone. Yeah, in between every class period, I have to go to the smelly bathroom and make sure the (laughs) the boys' bathrooms in middle schools are so disgusting. Smelly and like the women, the women and the girls use the the girls' bathrooms because they can just go in there and do their business and leave. Like I went in the the boys' bathroom across from my room the other day. There was fucking apples and bananas and oranges in each fucking urinal. There's fucking. I'm happy they're eating fruit. Though. There's paper. T- <laughs> there's paper towels on all the walls. They're like wet paper towels. Oh, that's kind of gross. And then though. both yeah. toilets were stopped up and overflowing, and I had to like call the custodian. They had to close the bathroom because it was flooding. Because like they, the kids perfectly purposely went in there and destroyed it. Wow. I, I taught at a middle school for half a year as a long-term sub, and they wouldn't give me a key, so I had to use the bathroom that the students use constantly. So I feel you. It's like it's like trench warfare. They don't put like, paper towels in there because they 
They have to take paper towels out because they won't fucking use them. They just like wad them up and like uncivilized monsters. Last year, a kid took a shit in the middle. I mean, I told that yeah, yeah, a kid yeah. took a shit in the middle of the boys' bathroom. In the middle, in the, yeah. Just like you walk in oh. and there's just a, there's a dookie on the. The boo boo woke up. Woke up. This is what I want to do. Today. Yeah. It's oh a- my god, boys! <laughs> and I remember just like being outside my class in the hall, like it smells like shit out yeah. there. And the kids like it smells like ass in the hall. <laughs> Like yeah, and then like the yeah. principal's like, "Hey, don't go in the boys' bathroom. Someone mm-hmm. took a shat on the floor." Yeah. I was like, it's oh, a man. it's a holding pattern. Yeah. So you the, the you pattern. guys were better students, obviously. Yeah. 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 The girls, yeah, I wasn't great. taking shits on the bathroom floor. Yeah, I was, yeah. The middle school girls are far more mature. I don't know why they date anybody in our school. Like the middle school girls have their shit together. I coach boys and girls, and coaching the girls soccer is like the most enjoyable. Like I can leave them and they'll like get the warm ups done. They'll come out. They'll be stretched. They'll have the first drill set up. The boys, I like have to f- follow them around and make sure they're all dressed, have their gear. None of them bring water. Like two of them want to fight each other and i'm just like okay do this drill and like what drill i'm like we've done this eight times like we have the same routine every day i'm retired from boys to coaching i've decided yeah. they're awful they're like I, i'm like i wasn't this dumb was yeah. i like i no. constantly no. asking myself yeah. like was and, i like this yeah well and it's like we have pencils for my room and like it's always i'm like okay get out a pencil all the girls have pencils and all the boys stand up and come up and get pencils from me it's like i'm like way to represent the gender boys like we're doing great <laughs> All right. Well, there's no there's no lies in anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel no lies here. But that's bad stuff. What's the favorite part about teaching? I mean, like seeing those aha moments with the kids. It's pretty pretty awesome mm-hmm. to see. Um, I, I get to see it, you know, with the little ones, and it's they're so excited to learn. Like the weirdest shit right like you know they're like you're like oh my gosh they know how to sound out cat or something and they're so excited about it um but when i was teaching sixth grade um i would always say all these things um to to them and actually my first class graduated last year i told them all that i would be at their graduation so i went to their graduation and yeah so it was really cool to see and then um Gosh, I'm getting emotional. This is, <laughs> but um, so I watched them, and I saw many of them coming down the stairs, and every one of my students that I saw remembered me, and they were so excited to see me. Wow, yeah. that's awesome! Wow, yeah. That's awesome. So they were like, "Oh my gosh!" And I said, "I told you I'd be here at your graduation. It's definitely here like I am." Movie moment. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. So this year I'm going to be going again to the graduation. So the people, the students that I had um, in sixth grade who are graduating this year. They were my class that was, like, sent from God. <laughs> like, I was really tough on them, but I loved them so much, and they were really great um, up until the very last day they were working for me. And so I'm so excited to see those guys walk. Are those kids at Sparks? Some are, but most of them are at Spanish Springs. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I did go to Sparks last year, too. Well, I had a couple. It was nice. cool. Yeah. Nice. And that's really cool for you yeah. as a teacher to actually care so much. You're following up years later, too. I mean, that's that's huge. A lot of people don't even think about that, that mm-hmm. you're a part of their kids' lives for years and years, not just that nine months that school's in session. So Yeah, teachers definitely make an impact. And then um, you never even realize as a teacher how impactful your students are until, um, you know, things like that happen, which is cool. Yeah. Very cool. 
yeah definitely the positives are the the big ahas like for me doing science like when a kid starts asking good scientific questions and like is putting things together it's like okay this kid's gonna be an all right adult they can actually like think for themselves (laughs) and it's like it's cool to be a part of that process and like make them more aware of their actions and sean's class is great i love covering sean's class and having these like um big moral things that you get to talk about and help them with so you're more than just your subject and i think that's the other part that we don't think about when we talk about teachers is like all these kids like learn morals from us and values and how we treat people and how we respond to conflicts and so it's good yeah often more than from their parents yeah (laughs) because you're with them a lot more yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but the thing about teaching older kids that you have to remember is like when you're working with little kids, it's easier to see the progress because they're they're you know every day's new. They're learning so much new stuff. They're improving. The older they get, the slower that progress is, and we have to realize sometimes it might not. We might not see it, and like so, we're always projecting. Like you know, as a middle schooler, we're always projecting. Like where do they need to be, and how am I going to get them there in like two or three years? Or like when I worked with younger kids, it was easier to be like, okay, we need to be here by October or whatever, because that you can see how much they improve because everything's so new to them. But I think that just like I have a, a student, I had her last year for two periods for my class in history, and she never talked. So like last year, it'd be like, okay, like just like say one thing, you know, like or like ask her one question, see, get her to like respond. And this year I have her, and now in, in poetry, she like she can go up. And like read her whole poem. It's taken her the whole year, but now like she can go up in front of the whole class and read her whole poem. So like just seeing like the progression on something simple like that, where like this girl, she's from the Philippines, doesn't like didn't speak English, <laughs> doesn't speak English that well. Or I mean, she writes fine, but just didn't have that confidence in the language. Because like her little sister now is there. Like her little sister talks to me all the time and has never had me, but. Her, she's just like, you know, every day I would say hi, and, I, you know, she would say hi. That was the only thing she would say last year. And now, like, she talks a little bit more, but at least I've got her to, like, be confident mm-hmm. enough to, like, share. In front of the class. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing, too, with, um, you know, obviously with high school. We, the, I like what you said, Sean, about, like, the progress and not really getting to see them. And then oftentimes for me, I've gone – I've taught long enough now that I have students that are now becoming teachers and for them to come back and I actually had one girl specifically like send me this random message on Facebook um, and it was in the midst of like poetry out loud I was super stressed I was exhausted I was like why am I doing this job and then she just sent me this amazing message about like how much I inspired her and how she wanted to be the kind of teacher that like listened to her students and I was like legit just crying in my bedroom just because I was so touched um, but yeah, like I loved what you said too about how it's, we are more than our subject area. And oftentimes like that whole cliche about, um, wearing many teacher hats, like oftentimes you're their only advocate. So for every mm-hmm. kind of terrible thing about teaching, there's all these other moments that are just brilliant and lovely. And you really feel like you have a purpose. Like I never question what I'm doing most of the time. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel That's like awesome. we, I mean, like I'm not going to lie yesterday. After my second period, I literally sat down and was like, oh, my God, okay, I don't know. Like, yeah. Maybe I need to go to a different school or, or, like, change things because it was just – you just have those moments. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But then, like, you know, like, my fifth period comes around, and they did the same exact lesson I taught, and it was completely different, and they, like, killed it. <laughs> and, like, we're having these – like, you know, so, you know, it just – it changes by the hour sometimes where you're like – 
did, did I just fuck that up? Was I just terrible? <laughs> and then like two hours later, you're like, I did the exact same mm-hmm. thing. And it was completely different, the reception. It's crazy, like, period to period. Like, I love my fourth period. Like, I feel like a stand-up comedian when I'm in front of them, and I'm just killing it. And then my first period (laughs) stares at me, say the exact same stuff. They all have their own personalities. It's trippy. Mm -hmm. I feel like teachers could be stand-up comedians because you're used to dealing with a different audience, like, in being up there. Don't heckle me me or Mr. Richardson. Uh, He'll light you up. I got all the smoke. Yeah, Yeah. But to be a good comedian, you need to go through some struggle. So you guys are always struggling. Yeah, (laughs) especially when it's because it's my my Mm. worst class is that first one. So it's like, I'm like, like, is this going to work? Is this how it's going to be the whole day? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to get different? You know, you never know. It's It's tired in the morning. That's the other thing, though. Like, it's too goddamn early for them. Mm -hmm. Like, that that, that class starts at 8.20, you know? That's the other part. And they're not as intense as you because when you're just banging, like, run the jewels in your car. And then Sean is just ready to go. I don't, I don't kids, drink coffee or anything. Yeah. Caffeine. I just come in there. Coming in hot. Cold ass water. <laughs> Even when it's 20 degrees outside. Some ice cold water. You got to stay hydrated to teach these kids. Like, I'm like, this water's as cold as my heart, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget it. Uh, what about you, Griffin? Yeah, favorite. Um, for me, the best part of the being a teacher, especially being an English language arts teacher, is um, helping my students find identity. Because I do a lot of like expressive writing and I teach coming of age stories and I make my students like confront the things that are confusing and difficult and like cause them anxieties. And um, I really invite them to like express who and what they are. And like three of my students came out to me as trans this year and like two more as having like queer identities. And I just feel like the fact that I get to be a facilitator that helps them like put these pieces together or even just feel a safe space to express it, it like helps me sleep at night. Like that's what for me is the thing. Like you people figured some things out about you. That's why I got into this. Nice. Awesome. That's really good. Especially at the high school level. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, I mean, we all, that's when you determine, like... It's that turning point. Sometimes. Yeah, find Sometimes. out who you are yeah, and, sure. you know, to have a teacher like you that's helping them and just N- giving them... Nurturing that yes. process. That's the Because it's hard, part. like, we see it in middle school when it starts and, you know, some kids just aren't ready to embrace who mm-hmm. they are. <laughs> so, and it's because of just all the pressures around them. Yeah. So you guys are dealing with all these different personalities. You're dealing with all these different situations. It's hour by hour. It's changing. What do you guys do to kind of maintain your sanity and Ooh. like the, the, the self care question yeah. here? Such a heavy question. Yeah. I know. yeah. Do you guys have a break? Because I have a routine. Like for every break, I have a routine, and I typically like the first day of break. If I'm not traveling, like I'm like I'm not leaving my house. I'm like ordering in. I'm just chilling super. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to lay in bed, watch Netflix, and just chill and not do it and not have contact with anyone mm-hmm. just to decompress. Do you guys have anything like that for your breaks? I turn off my email. Mm. Like, I won't look at my email. because really a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it drives me crazy. And then I, um, I hate saying it, but I really started kind of just doing, like, meditation and yoga, which mm. I thought was just like, this is a joke. Just people just say they do this. <laughs> but it was – and even just, like, the stretching's cool, but the silence – just not mm. talking for an hour always trips me out how powerful that is. Wow. I love it so much. I know. Yeah. I come home every day and sit people. in silence for a half hour. Don't talk to oh. me. Now that I have in-house kids in my classroom every day during yeah. my prep, I'm I don't like, have yeah, I don't have breaks. I don't have like a break. All. Like I'm like 
it just don't be in my room. I just want it to be quiet. No, I don't want anyone to talk to me. But it's like I need that 30 minutes or whatever I can get to just not talk. But I think my big like relief thing for school is coaching because then I get like good kids. It's like wins. It's enjoyable. I get to be more of my personality. They get to be more of their personality. There's not like the content hanging over us. And so that's like kind of what is like my changing like makes me realize like oh these kids like yes i have to teach a lot of science so it gets bogged down with that but it's nice to coach you have to teach them all but you coach the ones that want to be there yeah and like the kids that don't like and the ones that you coach i feel like you just have a different bond with like it's such a different uh, every kid that was on the basketball volleyball team it's like they know you really because they see like i mean we spend a lot of time together you know, it's if they're in your class that, you know, you're at school for 10 hours a day and they're with you for three or four hours of that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get to know you see each other <laughs> at yeah. your best and worst. So, you know, they know you very well. You know them very well. I mean, um, wine has always been <laughs> yes. really good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a good thing for me. Um, yeah. So wine. Um, teachers are huge drinkers. Let's yeah. let's. No, uh, I love out hanging there. out with teachers. That's my shit. <laughs> yeah. I had, my Facebook memory this morning was from eight years ago. Me and you were at Imperial Bar for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating so, yeah, the yeah, end of testing or something. Of, yeah. yeah, it probably is. Yeah. yeah. So wine alcohol um my husband totally makes fun of me with this but i sometimes have to go home and watch really bad reality tv you know <laughs> you gotta dumb it down a little yeah, bit just yeah something that you can watch in the background and it's just now get all attention. your judgment yeah. out on them <laughs> exactly. just like uh. <laughs> It's like, what are you watching? I'm like, uh, 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) (laughs) That's a show. Do you? No, gotta do you. Yeah. What do you do, Griffin? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, well, I like, I go for silence and I also do a lot of meditation. And I learned um, something that maybe you'll like if um, what you're liking right now feels weird is um, like running or moving meditations. Mm -hmm. So when I meditate, I just get on my bike. And I just like try to like, focus on that and just clear my mind and just like use my body and be outside. And I love to hike and I love to camp and I love to just like lay on the ground and just not hear words. That's like, <laughs> that's kind of, that's how I self-care. So sometimes I'll just go a, to the park and I'll just like throw just myself down sounds. in the grass. Just like, yep, I'm just going to lay here because I just... Serenity. Yeah. yeah I've answered too many questions today. Or like mm. I started kickboxing three years ago mm. and they were always like, think about somebody you want to punch. And... Legit. <laughs> there are okay, times okay, okay. that like students pop in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah. and it, it feels like that, but it's relaxing. Beat the learning into it, yeah. exactly. MJ. That's Coworkers awesome. or you know. Coworkers. We'll learn today. <laughs> What's your? I have a question for each of you. What's your lunchtime routine? Because I know you all have one. Oh, my lunch, it's so boring. It's a frozen burrito in the bottle of Tapatio or Valentina on my desk. And it's just like... I Where read, do you eat at? At my desk. And I read 5.38 like every day at lunch. That's like my release and read 5.38 and maybe watch the ESPN clips from the previous night's games. But yeah, I don't try to work at lunch because I'm exhausted. Like I didn't realize the exhausting part of teaching. And then like... Yeah, I try not to grade at lunch, even though grading's always there. I should be doing more of it. <laughs> it's the, the project that Thanks for ends. reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of like this pile of papers on my desk right now. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> stressing out now. I didn't I didn't think about grading papers when I became a teacher. I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst part of my job. <laughs> you, you have homework for the all the homework assigned. Well, I always joked in college. I'm like, I can't wait till I have a job where like when I'm off, I'm off and I don't have to think about uh, it. It's right. like I went to teaching. It's like even in the summer, I'm like, oh, that'd be a good unit. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's your uh, lunchtime routine, Debbie? Um, so uh, we, my um, grade level partners and I, they like come into my room. We eat lunch, probably like bitch and complain a little bit, and then um, by the time we're done with that, we got to pick them up. <laughs> so, yeah, thirty minutes it goes by really quickly. Yeah, especially when <laughs> oh, you're venting. Yeah. Exactly, and then we try to fit in like going to the bathroom around that time because you can't just leave your class to to go to the bathroom. So yeah, that's something very unique to teaching as to other jobs is you have assigned bathroom breaks like mm-hmm. that every here's the thing it's rare in the adult world <laughs> every single minute of your day is pre-planned sometimes mm-hmm. weeks in advance i can tell you what i'm going to be doing at 9:35 on wednesday may whatever two weeks from now like every single moment of your day that's why you get into routines like yeah when I get like as soon as the bell rings for for lunch, like I walk across the school to the adult bathrooms. There's usually I have to wait because there's a line. I go to the bathroom, I wash my hands, I go back to class, I sit down and eat my lunch at my desk. There, and I have detention kids in there, and I read ESPN and <laughs> I read, and then I go sometimes lately. I, if I I go on YouTube and watch like gamer videos, or it's just to like zone out and i just tell the kids that are in detention like look this is the only break i have like just sit here and don't disturb me don't talk to each other but like if you disturb me like this is my break <laughs> i'll break you there's if that you 10 yard dis- stare again <laughs> if you disturb me during this like 25 minutes i have left of lunch like we are gonna have major problems so just sit there and chill out and i put music on for them like through my classroom speakers and I'll like sometimes put my headphones on if I'm watching something on my, or like listen like looking at videos on ESPN, and I'm like I'm gonna zone out for like 20 minutes, okay, like 18 minutes. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's my routine. All right, so we all grew up learning without the internet. How do you think these this new generation, where they have nothing but access to the internet 24 seven, it's it's very different than the the world we grew up in. How do you think it's playing out? We need to talk about cell phones because it's a problem (laughs) um i feel like i fight like so like on infinite campus is our thing that we use to grade and we can like make little comments and i want one that says we'll not graduate because of cell phone that's like the most ongoing battle i have to deal with literally every day they can't and it's just like adults they can't control themselves especially the younger they are they can't they literally cannot they they're checking it so they can never concentrate they turn in work and you're like just doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But it's because they're on their phone. They're not concentrating. They're not taking their time. They're not focused. They're straight up addicted. Mm-hmm. Like they can't. I'll try to tell them to put it away, and they like they get the shakes. It's yep. it, They're straight. I'm up like addicted. I've never wow. done crack. But that's what it looks like. <laughs> but like it looks like you on yeah. your cell phone, right? Like I told you to put your cell phone away, and it's magically still exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. You like moved, but the phone didn't. It's because you you have a problem. <laughs> So, like, if you're yeah. a parent listening, don't give your kids cell phones till they're, like, 16 or 17, for real. Yeah. For real. And take it away. Like, at night, take it away when they're at family dinners. Like, they don't need to have it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, get they need to go back to those old flip phones. Like, yeah, you have a phone to call me. You know, what, I, you know what I was thinking the other day? <laughs> so, this is to Brad, because, like, his stepson is, he's a freshman now. They have a program where they can control his phone. 
I'm literally going to like look up this app, learn about it, print out directions in English and Spanish, and threaten my students to give it to their parents if they don't learn how to like control mm-hmm. themselves. Yep, I will teach your parents. Like, I'm going to email this to all, all the parents mm-hmm. in English and Spanish how to download this app and control your phone because you obviously cannot. Yeah, it's yeah. that's out of control. I mean, I'm bad at the phone anyways, too. And it came in way later in my life. And they're learning these habits at 12, 13, 11. Younger. Yeah. Way yeah, do your kids have cell phones? I have kids who have cell phones, and they're in no. second grade. Yeah. Jesus. My, my son, mm-hmm. yeah, he's eight, and he has an iPhone. And mm-hmm. I take it away. I, I try to control it as much as I can. But the reality is, is I want to be able to communicate with him when I need to, and I can track him. And when I can't transition times it is an entertainment piece too you know sometimes you need to get your kids to do something while you're doing something else and it's but i often wonder like how am i affecting him for the long run am i doing enough to control it cell phones are obviously going to be a part of everyone's lives from here on out they're not going to go away so do you teach them early on good use do you teach them good habits early or do you try to wait like like we can't be the ones to do that Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to listen to us. Like it has. That's why I said I'm the parent parental control thing. Right. Right. Like no, I mean, we had. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'm. This is the first year. I've always been like, you know, my rule was don't have it out when we're just having class discussions or I'm talking. But like, if you're doing work, you can have it out. You know, listening. But this year, they, it was just they couldn't control themselves. This is the first year I had to institute a policy of no cell phones in my classroom. And I'm like, if I see it or if I see headphones, they're mine. And every single day, every single period, I have to take two or three kids' cell phones away. And this week, I was like, this is the last week I'm taking them away. For the rest of the school year, if I see it, I'm sending it straight to the office for parent pickup. No questions asked. Dang. Mm. I don't want to disregard cell phones completely because in some ways too for like I so I work at a Tile one school and a lot of our students that's their computer mm-hmm. the trippiest thing to me is I'll see students like legit yeah, typing a paper for my class on that computer and it has like a place it, it's a tool but yeah a lot of the time they're it's like snapchat and then the, the weird thing too is that they'll like video record you when mm-hmm. you and I really don't mm-hmm. like that I think that's an invasion of privacy but I think when you micromanage it too much, that's when they rebel. And so I literally had to like institute breaks in the middle of my class. And I was like, okay, if you put your phone away right now, I'll give you like two minutes. Go to the bathroom, use your cell phone. And so it's like this weird negotiating, but it's sometimes it's just awful that I'm like, yeah, no cell phones today. You guys are driving me crazy. Hmm. And they'll have their head. That was the thing is like they would have their headphones in. So I'm literally like, hey, like asking them a question or something. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I repeat it, and then they take their their uh-huh. their AirPod out, and I'm like, "Are you mm-hmm. kidding me right now?" <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you're not paying attention if you couldn't hear me talking directly to you. Nope. I had a kid answer a phone call in my class. It was like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm like, and I turned around. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And those were my exact words. I have a jar of water. Come on at my you desk. like a spider monkey. Put your cell phone in it. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I have a few students like. I can't work without music. I can't. It's impossible. I'm like, no. You just have never tried working in silence. Like your brain doesn't. It works better in silence. Trust me. Mm-hmm. No, I can't work. I need music. I need it. I'm like, no, you don't. If a kid said that to me, you know what I would do? Mm-hmm. Click. <laughs> oh, I got music for you. Put on Mozart or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This actually helps you work better. Science yeah. has proven this. Science. Go ahead. Get some back in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you know about this? Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This ain't mumble rap. Yeah. <laughs> I could actually hear them. <laughs> um, let's see. All right. What do you guys think of the education system as a whole? Just, I mean, teachers are obviously a very specific part of a very 
large and complex systems. So what's your perspective on, on the whole thing? <laughs> Who wants to go first with this one? Oh, and don't – I don't want to put anybody on the spot or get anybody in trouble. So. Uh, I think my two cents is we need to uh, track individual personalities better. We need to have, like – college bound one way technical schools bound the other way not everyone's built for college we need to differentiate that's like a big thing in our class like how are you going to reach everyone you have to differentiate instruction we need to differentiate the schools and the levels that we're going at and like not everyone needs to go to college like we're running into this huge problem of not having enough manufacturers or construction workers or electricians and those are great jobs and then you start working on them at 20 and so you're not paying college debt you're earning money right away so over the course of the career it's great and so i hate the always oh you have to go to college and that's kind of what our school is set up for and we need more technical schools and more alternative paths of education not just one path I'd, I'd like to respond to that directly because yeah. uh, I, I did some research that kind of dealt with the course that led to this point mm-hmm. um, and it might surprise you to find that the focus inside of our schools towards getting students college ready mm-hmm. is the work of like radicals years back from a system that precluded people from getting to go to college. So the fact that we all now are like built to try to prepare all of our students for college is the result of a lot of work to try to make higher ed accessible to all sorts of, you know, like minority groups and like people from all sorts of bad class positions and things, right? Because with public schools centered around getting into college, someone who comes out of a lack of access might actually get prepared to go to college and then go do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that's the the plan just has to be that I I definitely think it now we've opened it up for everyone, but we've shut down and like bad mouthed technical trades. Well, for I so think long. a good yeah, compromise good is effect. that when you're in college, those trades are part of it. So we, yeah. because college is really where you're going to find your career, find what you want to do, you start sp- sp- really going down specific paths. Yeah. And so if I I cuz I thinking the same thing if I would have gone to a trade or something in college I think that would have been a better route for me because essentially that's what I did um, but you again you incur the debt you incur everything else without, that's the problem I mean, the, the whole problem is that college isn't free in this country no, and if, you had, if you had college if it was college was an extension of the education system then all these points would be mute because anyone would be able to go and then you could differentiate and like that's how it is in Europe yeah. where like when you're 16 it's like if you don't want to go to college you're not going to take these classes that the kids who are going to go to college take you can take these other classes mm-hmm. to prepare you for whatever you want to do in life and then if you want to go to college you still can that's, I mean, that's the the other side of like the for-profit college system that gets thrown away is like it's not efficient in like getting as a society preparing people for adulthood. Yeah, and I think trying to oh, go to college and figure it out there while you're incurring tons of debt. Exactly, every, that's like a very <laughs> privileged place. thing to say. Like if you're yeah. like like if you want to be like tell me like yeah, if you can afford college, that's good. But like for poor people, like who don't so like they shouldn't have to make that choice. Like poor people can't make that choice. Because they have too much pressure, you know, financially. Mm-hmm. So if there was free college, this is why I don't want to go down yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. This is this is we talk about it every week. But this is why, like, you know, plans for college for all are so important because it transforms society in ways that, like, you don't think, or it takes all this pressure off people who are 16, 17, 18, 19, and like making a huge financial decision that's going to affect them the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. But they're making this decision based off money, not on like. What because I feel like all of us, all of us went to college at some point, and you know, like the second part of college is like learning who you are, figuring out life, and everyone should be able to do that in a pressure-free environment 
but if you can't afford to do that financially, then it's like what you're not making decisions based on what's best for you. Yeah. I think money in general too, just the way we spend it um, at higher ed, at lower ed, like across the board. Um, and in every, every teacher says it, but class sizes are just insane. It's just lack of resources I think is the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Especially at the elementary level. Like I think like how many kids do you have in your class? Well, we got an extra allocation mid-year, so that helped a lot. But right now I have 15 before I had 24. So 15 is good for second grade. Like 15 is good. You can give them individualized attention. 24, I don't know. We have, I mean, I have, my biggest class is 32. So like in that class, I I have them for 49 minutes. I'm not good. Some kids are not going to get the attention they need every day. And that's when I say it's like triage. I have 49 minutes to teach these kids and impact them. I have to go to the ones who need it the most first. Yeah, you always teach in the middle, I feel like. Like, the ones who are going to get it, like, I can challenge them. I'm gonna, I can grade them harder. But, like, I, I can't give them the individualized attention. Like, it's just not realistic. Mm. Yeah, and my unpopular opinion about money is uh, get rid of the athletics. We spend so much money on athletics. Transportation, coaches, fields, uniforms, all of that. And it's like we per capita, we spend a lot of money on education, but a lot of it goes to all the wrong places. It's not going to reducing class size and it's not going to education. It's going to all these other things. So especially high school sports. Oh, my God. It, the amount of money. I remember coaching and I'm just like, wait, I get paid this. The bus driver is this. We're paying these fields. We're doing this. It's just like at the end of the season, you're just like, oh, my God, it's so expensive. So it just doesn't make sense to me. I wish we would remove the athletics. I get it's an opportunity for everyone to participate, and there is great culture and community around it, but it is just so expensive, and it is totally eating into the budgets of all schools. Yeah, I mean, just more, yeah. It'd be nice to see the professional leagues kick back down because essentially in school is where these athletes are getting groomed, whether they or Well, the thing is less and less now, though, like – for football, basketball, and baseball, like they're playing on club teams. Yeah. Outside, the school teams aren't even that important to the to the kids who are going to be pro. Like they, their school teams don't matter at all. Yeah, yeah. It's like practice. It, yeah. yeah, it's so like nobody gets recruited. We from could their do high school like what we could have club or intramural sports, and it would be the same as it is now without affecting mm-hmm. anything else. And more people could play. And more people would be able to play if you just had intramural sports, or, and especially at the high school level, people are going to hate this. But like who, like in the big scheme of things, like. Fucking high school sports don't matter. I'm sorry. Nope. No, very true. No. <laughs> Unpopular opinion, but it's absolutely mm. true. <laughs> like, they don't matter. Like, I'm sorry. As someone who's educating, and I'm like, we're spending money on this when, like, we don't have money for, you know, to get an extra teacher to reduce class sizes. Mm-hmm. So there's people who have 40 students in their room so that we can fucking send a team across the state to go play football against another team. Yeah. I'm sorry. The money could be better used. I get it. I mean, it's just when there's a like, if you want to raise taxes and get it to where like schools are properly funded and then have sports mm-hmm. that's fine but like nobody you have to raise wants, taxes nobody wants higher you, you don't want to pay for that mm-hmm. so like until schools are properly funded i'm sorry sports has to be the thing to go mm-hmm. we and we like we need way more art and like mm-hmm. music education mm-hmm. like that there has to be a thousand times more art i feel like mm-hmm. every elementary school kid should be getting a half hour of art every single day mm-hmm. no, especially like you said with all the clubs from like pro teams like past a little bit past yeah. high school like they could just get their kid in into that as with i feel like yeah. to go back to the question the education system is a reflection of our society as a whole our priorities are completely fucked up based off of money mm-hmm. and teach and we are being asked to do fill in the jobs and fill in the gaps 
that like other parts of society should be doing, but because we're the largest public and most face public institution, we are asked to fill in these gaps that society is not doing based off our priorities on money. <laughs> Preaching. Yeah. Preaching. So that's how I feel like I would answer. That's what I think of the education mm-hmm. system as a whole. It needs to be completely <laughs> revamped. And it's... We're so big though. That's the problem. It's like there's it no might be, nimble it's, to it's like we have no nimble. Think, think about what Orlando said when he was on the show. Mm-hmm. It might be unsalvageable, and we might need need to tear mm-hmm. down, to and start all over, just from the bottom, just like the country. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're, <laughs> we're so big. That's the thing. The United mm-hmm. States is huge. Our school district is huge. Education is a huge thing. It's not nimble. It doesn't move very quick. It takes forever to get change, and that's and it's like the stuff that's set is set, and it's so hard to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So, but the other thing too is like the just kind of overall let's throw these problems or these solutions to things without research without like understanding and so then a lot of that resource is just sent on this like there's this new teaching wave let's try it but the pendulum like metaphor comes up so much yeah well it's, it's like who's making these decisions exactly it's, it's not poli- it's not it's not educators it's not people in the prof- education is the only profession that's not governed by educators like if you're mm-hmm. a doctor people making rules about that's hospitals and doctors are yeah. actual doctors and how mm-hmm. you know like Education is ruled by people's philosophies tied to their, um, I was going to say religious, but... Uh, <laughs> well, their personal experience well, growing up. And you've got up. kids with, or you kids, you've got adults without kids voting on decisions for adults with kids, too. And it's Well, just state legislators make the rules. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we are governed by Nevada Revised Statute, which are made by our state legislators. And they are not education experts. They don't listen to education experts. Our department of Nevada's Department of Education is the smallest, if not the smallest in the country. It's one of the smallest in the country, and we just don't put the money and resources behind it. And it's a trickle down. If it starts from there, the people who are making the decisions aren't informed because we're not putting money into researching the best practices and supporting our teachers. Well, and when we bring in best practices, a lot of times we half-ass them, like bringing in social workers. We brought in social workers for five different schools. It's like, well, they're not going to do a good job. And everyone's like, oh, the social workers didn't work. Well, it's like, because you set them up to fail. And we do this all the time with different standards, different ways we do testing, the way we change attendance. It's like we come up with a new idea and then we half-ass it. Because there's not enough gonna, money. Yeah, and it's, it's always yeah. the money thing and it always comes up short and they're like, well, that didn't work so we're going to throw it out. It's like, Decisions it are always made made on a lack of money in education rather than what's best. Yeah, For example, our school, middle schools start at 720, despite years and years of research mm-hmm. showing that teenagers, especially those between the ages of 12 and 15, function best after 930. And like schools that go back to later start times, test scores improve, attend all these things, yet they're no, they get no traction to change school tar- start times because of monetary issues. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to sports because oftentimes they don't want it because high school is the same way. You have 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds that are trying to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning to go to school, 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, but they don't want to switch it down because then it affects all the after-school activities. And it's weird because they feel like education is the one profession that everybody feels like they get a say in. You don't go to a doctor and tell them how to do their job, but everybody's been in a school and so they feel like they have a say. Um, and granted, like they, they pay for taxes, I understand that. But I have so many people that are like, you should do it this way. I'm like, be in a classroom with 35 yeah. kids after lunch and then tell me how to do my job. Yeah, I told yeah. them to shut the fuck yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go to your job and tell you how to fucking do it. Yeah. I could, because I'm smarter yeah. than you, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you never had a teacher like me. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. Well, this has been an awesome yeah. teacher appreciation week panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we got a hard stop coming up, so I just wanted to say thank you very much to everybody that came here. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are all great. You guys are influencing the future. You guys are smart educated people for those of you who don't know teachers now you know some teachers and so yeah thank you very much for coming on the show today this yeah. was awesome thanks for having us this yeah. Yeah. You. so i think you guys can stay but mj you have to take off mm-hmm. okay so we're gonna go to our first break uh caesar you want to tell them your song of the week um since uh you know wu-tang just got their own district in new york and Ghostface's birthday. We're playing uh, Winter Wars. And the new the new uh, the documentary, documentary yeah. premiered last night. A lot of W's coming. So, you know? uh, Winter Wars by Wu-Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Salute. All right. Coming at your door, you start to scream out loud. Wu Tang's back for more. Yes, the hour's full. I told you before, prepare for mic fights and plus a cold war. Be on the lookout for this mass murderous suspect that fills more body bags than apartments and projects. And as far as the coroners know, the autopsy show it was a shallow blow put on by my family, brought to the academy of the Wu and learned how to fuck up your anatomy steadily, calm and deadly. Splatterhead lyrics I lick through your transmit. MC submit to the will. As I kill your juvenile freestyle, civilize the mental. Devils worship this like an icon. Bear hugging mites with the grips of a python. Yes, this shit is raw coming at your door. Start to scream out loud. Who takes black for more? You heard of the rats before, but kept waiting for the son of song. I keep dance hall strong. Beats another worthy of my cause. I prolong extravaganza. Time sits still. No propaganda. Be wary of the skill. As I bring forth the music, make love to your eardrum. Dedicated to rap, nigga. Beware the fearsome. Lebanon, John Malcolm X, beat threat. CD massacre, murder to cassette. I blow the shop up. You ain't seen nothing yet. One man ran trying to get away from it put your bifocal on watch me or cometh into your chamber like freddy into dream this could boomerate your technique in your scheme four cause applause like a blackjack did that you stuck on stupid like i'm stuck on the map nowhere to go except next show bro entertaining motherfuckers can't stop oh and battling you don't want me to start tattling all up on the stage because y'all snakes keep rattling bitch you ain't got nothing on the rich every other day my whole dress code switch so just in case you 
wanna clock me like Sherry All y'all crab bitches ain't got the worry Can't get a nigga like Don Dom a dozen Even if I'm smoked out, I can't be scoped out I'm too ill, I represent Park Hill See my face on a $20 bill Cash it in and get $10 back The fat LP with cappuccino on the wax Pass it in your thing, put valve up to 12 Put all the other LPs back on the shelf And smoke a blunt and dial 917 16049311 And you could get long dick hip-hop affection I damage any MC who step in my direction I'm Staten Island best, son, fuck what you heard Niggas still talking, that shit is absurd My repertoire is USSR PLO style got thrown out the car And ran over by the Method Man Jeep Devon can't define my style, it's so deep like pussy My low-cut face stay bushy like a porcupine I part backs like a spine Got you like a blunt and reconstruct your design I know you wanna diss me, but I could read your mind Cause you weak in the knees like SWV Trying to get a title like Woo Killer B Can't change your habit, you know I'm friends with the Abbott Me and Rizzo Rod name printed in the tablet under vets We paid our debts for mad years Hibernated sound and now we out like beers and born power Welcome back, that was uh, Winter Wars by the Wu-Tang Clan, one and only Yeah, that was off uh, what, Iron, the Iron Man album back in like what, 95? Was it 95? I can't 95. Remember. It was also on Don't Be a Menace on that soundtrack where uh, I think Grandma was coming in in her little lowrider and like... The beat drops. Yeah. It's a hard beat. Cabadonna, definitely the last verse and definitely the best verse. And his is super long. Cabadonna, definitely underrated. But Can't wait to check out the... Uh the, we're gonna have a watch party here because Nick doesn't have Showtime. The new documentary, oh, it's four shit. parts. Yeah, it's oh, so nice. like well, after all four parts are over, I'll have a day where like yeah, we'll all come over, come over, and we'll yeah, watch it. Because I don't have Showtime either, and I and we need it for Jesus mm-hmm. and Mero. Great. <laughs> yeah, right, nice. I'm spoiled. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so moving on, we have our movie of the week. We haven't talked about it yet, but the mm-hmm. movie of the week, the biggest movie ever, pretty much <laughs> ever. Yeah, in game. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I like. Jake, I know Jake's big mad to talk about this. No, mm-hmm. uh, well. The one we talk about, because TC didn't like it either. Okay, cool. Yes. Didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. It was Disney cop was, out. I was going to say a cornball movie. Just mm-hmm. cornball. Well, right. there's a difference yeah. between not liking it and saying it's bad, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Reasoning. Mean, Give me some facts. It's well done, and it's good acting and everything, but... Everything, and it's the culmination of 22 movies. Mm-hmm. Well, everything that was and good in Infinity suck. War... Like was completely wiped out. So now you don't even have to watch Infinity War because it's pointless because it just gets wiped out. No, it doesn't. I feel it does. I time travel sucks, anyways. I'm a science nerd and I love sci-fi, but when you, it's complicated. And no, like, we always talk about that all the time. Yeah. But because of the time travel, have you read a comic before? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. It's like <laughs> yeah, that's how comics go. Like mm-hmm. terrible shit happens. It gets you invested, and then they go back try to fix it and, and then, fix it then they do other shit that spawns that's off the movie. whole point mm-hmm. yeah i just i i felt too disney trying to keep everyone alive to okay the, that the one thing is like i feel like no one died in the actual fighting because it was disney me and my brother sluster bryce we talked mm-hmm. about that that's why they had the people die the way they did there was all it's like self-sacrifice. All yeah. the deaths were self-sacrifice. That's the Disney aspect of it. Like no one just was ruthlessly killed. Like because no one's head's gonna com- get cut off. In yeah, Disney. and the co- like in the comics, that's, that's the restrictions of having Disney tell mm-hmm. these stories. Yep. So I mean, as a comic book fan, that's a sacrifice I've been willing to make to see. You know, as a kid, you would be like, "Oh, it'd be cool to see these in movies," mm-hmm. but you never thought. And these far exceeded the expectations. Yeah, I had. Mm-hmm. They cre- I mean. They recreated the comic book film with like the crossover between all the characters and all the different movie franchises. A bunch of, and, they, and then having it all yeah. culminate mm-hmm. in two movies is a task that like 
It's so Most much. franchises can't even tie together a good trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And they tied together 22 fucking movies and mm. ended it in a way that wasn't fucking terrible. That wasn't yeah. too bad, yeah. I mean, there's more plot holes in the Matrix series than there is in... <laughs> yeah. And like, everyone still thinks they're, uh, you know, the best. passable. Yeah. yeah. But what about you, Jake? No, I already said my piece. I, I can't I'm argue. Like, as, as somebody who hasn't studied it and hasn't... Mm. As somebody that hasn't studied it and hasn't followed the series as closely as your passive consumer, I felt that really this was a very predictable movie. Um, the the jokes were predictable, the action was predictable, the ending was predictable. So as a passive consumer, could you this say that about any action movie ever? Pretty much, yeah. Except for Infinity War, that I was what like, was so good about Infinity War. But like, I feel like I would it's being Infinity held War. to a too mm. high. You're holding it to a higher standard because it made so much like it's hyped up. I feel like you wouldn't be this critical with another rant. If you, we were talking about Fast Seven, you wouldn't be this critical. I would. I would feel the same. Going into Fast Seven, I'm not expecting anything other than cars and jumps and stuff. So same thing. I guess if I would have gone in expecting nothing but that's my point. It's based yeah. off your expectations, not based off your abject, your objective, like watching it. It's based off how it lived up to your expectations. Yeah, but nobody it's makes a three-hour action film. Oh, yeah. Fast and the Fierce <laughs> is almost there. Is it really that yeah. long now? Oh, my yeah. goodness. They're like two and a half. I'm really, sure, yeah, I'm they're sure almost when I see there. Hobbs and Shaw, I'll be just as critical of the corniness level. Dude, Hobbs and Shaw, the trailers are already corny. STC, him and my it. brother laughed, uh-huh. and I fucking gave it a standing ovation when I saw the, <laughs> yeah. the preview. Yeah. It's like I'm 1,000% in. First of all, it's Dwayne. We're on a first-name basis because we tight. Dwayne. And then it's just more blowing shit up. Like, of, this is the, all I'm expecting from there. Not and it's a, got not a story. It's got Aegis Elba. Yeah, it has our it has our man crush, and then it has Handsome Rob. It There's is, a lot of handsomeness yeah. in that movie. Yeah, a lot it's of just, smarminess. Yeah, it just can't be like. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. The, I know that's the point. I just don't like that genre of movie. That's not my <laughs> cup of tea. Big budget yeah. films that cater to so many people lose me because I'm just. Because you're, so you're yeah. on one of the one or the other sides of the bell curve. I'm never in the middle. Mm. I've learned to take movies for what they are. Yeah, and like obviously all we're, of these we're not Marvel movies them. are mass produced mm. for to be palpable for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like I'm gonna enjoy them. Sometimes I want to watch like a super critically acclaimed Artur film that no one else is gonna like. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like not enough people watch them, so those are rare. But I have Atlanta, so yeah, ah, dude. <laughs> But there's just there's just so much stuff like I've been waiting for, like to happen that happened in the end game. That's the other thing. Like that's why it was yeah. good. It's because of the fan service. Mm-hmm. Like they did all. I mean, we you've been talking about Captain America picking up Thor's hammer. Yeah. for like eight years. I'm like, it's gonna okay. fucking happen, and I'm fucking excited. Like to so, like I was when yeah. I saw it, I was happy for Caesar. I was like, Caesar's been saying this for yeah. so long that that was gonna happen. Uh-huh. And to, to build on that, mm-hmm. and to kind of reply to your point from earlier that you felt like it was predictable, uh, something that I forget we think about, or for, that I think that we forget to think about about narrative, is that if you're doing it right, you're supposed to know what happens. Like for me as a storyteller, the thing that I love about going to a film is like trying to think through and see the pieces and catch the hints and like analyze the symbols so that I know yeah. how it's going to mm-hmm. pay off. And yeah. when it comes together the way that it's promised, that's really satisfying to me. When you can like, see the steps. Right, because mm-hmm. I'm into storytelling. And I'm like, okay, yeah, so I expected that. 
but it paid off in a way that it was supposed to. And I think that's kind of the key and it works. to a story. Yeah. And you've seen this with, because the death at the end, we're trying not to spoil it as much as possible, mm. but the death at the end was super, I mean, people were literally crying yeah. because they've invested so much and built mm. this character over the last, what, 12, 13 10, years? 10, 11 years, I think. Like mm. they've built these characters up for so long that people are so emotionally invested that like when you see them die in the film, or like what happens to them in the film, like they actually care. Like people cl- were clapping, and I, even though you know we yeah. hate when people clap in movies because it's not live. But like <laughs> that's just their emotions over, you know. And I'm not going to begrudge anyone to express yeah. their emotions, but that just shows you the the job they've done. Yeah, they did good, and it's just like to me, yeah. I I know that like my parents talk about seeing Star Wars in theaters and like people gasping mm-hmm. when Darth Vader said he was Luke's father. Or, like, people cheering when, like, the Death Star blew up. Yeah. Like, this is our moment like that. And that's why we wanted to go see it, like, opening weekend with a bunch of people. That was the same. You're going to, like, it's a cultural experience that is obviously going to affect. There's going to, this is like an inflection point. There's going to be every movie made after this, especially in comic books, is going to be living up to what they did with these. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Stan Lee got to see it. Right. Yeah. This was this was the final one for him. His last cameo and the last cameo was fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, so it definitely I, I gets a tip the of the cameo. fit for yeah. me. And yeah, Caesar. definitely. Uh, I know, like Caesar saw it twice. I probably will see it again because, like, I know the I know the plot holes. I know like time travel. It's like fucking hard to even do anything time travel related. But at least they're addressing. We do know they're addressing it in yeah in the next Spider Man movie. The the ramifications of mm-hmm. some of the plot holes are addressed so it's they're not really potholes mm. they just didn't explain them in the movie and they're gonna yeah. explore those mm. going forward and the reason they did this was like to branch off to because like in the comics there's just so much you, that you can use and now how they ended it like this and it's just they like could, it's literally just they like want, the comics wherever the comics they want the mm. there's multiple storylines and stuff in the comics so yeah people if you're not a comic book fan you might not but yeah yeah because like i think like dark avengers is probably going to come which is going to be tight and then like there's just so much other stuff that they could do now but anyways go see fucking endgame <laughs> if you yeah. if you've seen if you've watched the other movies you may as well see this one right yeah. right if you haven't invested you know like wait until they do some how how much is this like that, box set that blu-ray be? set i have no mom clue. and dad yeah. This is what I want. Give me the digital version though, because yeah. that way I don't have to have physically have twenty two. And that it's going to be like this big. Yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. Made well, out of five hundred dollars and five hundred. Yeah, the and... special edition is going to be a thousand dollars, and yeah. like with extended versions of all of them. But you know, so people will have them, and they're good movies. They're Faraday so. Cage. I mean, I can't. Mm. I watched Infinity War two days after. Just I came home one day yeah. from work and watched Infinity War, not feeling good mm-hmm. again on Netflix after seeing Endgame. Because it's so good. every time it comes up on my Netflix, I pause for a second. Like, should I watch it right now? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just watch a couple and, scenes. Two and a half. Maybe I'll just watch a couple scenes. Yeah, that that, that movie is great. That but, one I love. Yeah, because it like ends tragically. It's like you know? it's like, like it's, Return of the Jedi versus um, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you when you do it so well, well, it's, like, it's everything that was good about Infinity War. It, it was going to get when in game resolved was going to leave you. And I feel like that's part of the greatness of the movie is like, yeah, it's so, like, but it's the same. It's the same criticism you could do with return of the Jedi and Empire strikes back. Empire strikes back's only good 
because of how it ends, leaving mm-hmm. you dissatisfied. Yeah. And like the, the way it doesn't work out the way you want to. But like you can't end the fucking story that way. Yeah. <laughs> the story can't end with the bad, the good guys losing and the bad guy winning and just be mm-hmm. like, I mean, I feel like I would do that once just to do it. No, I love it when bad guys win all the time. I think yeah, I think like I think that's the change though. Is like we don't all want to see storytelling endings. I think that's why Game of Thrones is so popular, is because it's unexpected and good people die just like real life. So. Game of Thrones this season is really grinding my gears, actually. I haven't watched it, yeah, we can't speak it but it. I've seen, like, increasingly the articles I'm seeing Dude. are like, what's wrong with this season of Game of Thrones? Dude, Why I've, are people so dissatisfied? Right now, I like two out of four. and yeah. Which just, two? Which two? Um, the second one and the third one, because the third one everyone was waiting for. Yeah, like that, that was a big just one. Been building up for eight years yeah. or whatever. Right, it's but just the, like there's seasons dude, of plot that could have happened. Yeah. They just banged out in and four the, episodes. The second one is everyone coming together and all their storylines, like the arcs, yeah. like making one, which is tight. But then the first one is like, and this last, I just. The last one was, yeah. And it's just like. I heard it's just got messy. Dude, and it sucks because they have no, since season six, they've had no books. Yeah. They've just had guidelines from the author. So like the books could end totally fucking different too. And people are saying mm-hmm. that he's. It, It'll be different. And I hope so because mm-hmm. it's shitty right now. Mm-hmm. Even if he did write it like this, he's like looking at everyone's post and he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going yeah, I'm I'm gonna, gonna to change this, this shit. Yeah. That know? was a dry run. The HBO. You know? yeah, First draft. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> but and it's just like and I'm waiting for like on the third one, the big fight, only like what, three, four kind of people, not even any main character. I was oh, surprised sounds, by that because I was expecting. I was pissed. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't blame Disney though. Yeah. <laughs> This is true. Supposedly, this next one is. I mean, I'm 37 years old. Like, I'm sure it's very tragic for 10 year olds to see (laughs) what happened in in Endgame. Oh yeah. Like, if it had been any more than that, like, (laughs) it's like the kids' movie. Yeah. Like we're talking about comics here. Like these are Disney movies. Yeah. PG-13. Like that's the other part of this. Like we're looking at it from an adult perspective, Mm. and our expectations. Like we're not the target audience. No. It wasn't made for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I still remember being traumatized when Optimus Prime died in the Transformer movie cartoon when I was a kid. And Lion King. Like. Lion King, yeah. And that new, uh, like, dude, I might cry. I can't wait for line. a new generation of kids, though, to be traumatized by, 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 by Mufasa. Mufasa's death this summer. <laughs> I but, cheer for the Predator. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, that's life. They got to learn this lesson. You know, yeah. It may as well happen in the story where you, there's some redemption at the end. Yeah. And it's live action, too. So, I, I mean, <laughs> kind of live actions, like all CG mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why it's like uh, Evan put it up. He's like, why are you calling it live action when it's like 99% CG? Right, it's just next generation <laughs> animation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like a mm-hmm. sex love robot on. Where dude. some of them were so the animation They're so, so good. Dude, You're like, is this wild. real it's or is wild. this yeah. is this computer generated? Yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Love? I am 100 percent tip of the hat to that dude, one. But that one is, that, that is that check that series, out on Netflix. People. That series is so fucking good. The one with Topher Grace mm-hmm. in, the, in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, dude, they're all so, of them. They're so good, and they're perfect. They're like 20 minutes. Like, sit down, watch one. You like, some are 10 minutes. Yeah, like, you like walk away. You're like, wow, that you was kind of fucked up. That was kind of mm-hmm. weird. Netflix, and then, <laughs> it's a series on Netflix of an yeah. anime called uh, Love loves, Robots. Love, loves, loves it's been spamming it at me constantly because the algorithm is too smart for my comfort. So now that you've said this, no, it's like it was surprising like that very first one i was like what the fuck is going on that's a weird one to pick is their first one right out of all of them that's a weird one it comes in hard (laughs) real hard
hard. <laughs> like, like I'm just like ah shit. I gotta watch the rest. It's now. like sci-fi Twilight. Yeah, yeah. That one was wild. Some people say it's like what Black Mirror should kind of be, like because yeah. it's animated, so you could do gory shit, and it's just like some is gory, some makes you think, some are just hilarious. Like I still love the one where like uh, there's like these three robots, and they're just like oh yeah, yeah. one of them's taking, that's the second one, right? Second or third. One of them's like they're kind of like tourists in like a post-apocalyptic. There's like no humans. Oh, yes. And then, like, there's just little robot just says, oh, terabyte, and just starts taking pictures of everything like a tourist, and I just started laughing the whole time. The yogurt one is really good. Dude, the yogurt ones, too. This, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that girl from uh, Orange is New Black. The one with the pilot? Yeah. And that, that one's one, good, too. And that yeah. one is just uber realistic, and it's just, like, holy fucking shit, and it's just so tight. That one's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have lost me down this rabbit hole. Yeah. You Dude, it, you need to watch. Like, I blanked the, out, like, yeah. five minutes yeah. ago. Yeah. All right, it's well, world you, news time. You like <laughs> so we picked this story because we're talking about education mm-hmm. today. Teachers in Oregon marched this week for smaller class sizes, more education funding, and did not ask for raises. But they took they mm-hmm. took a day off, planned day off, stri- like they st- uh, striked basically for one day. All the schools closed down, and they went and protested for more funding for smaller class sizes and. Uh, educational support staff so they weren't lurking for personal gain through raises they just wanted a better experience for they other specifically did children. not ask for raises how dare they they <laughs> they wanted to keep the like the focus on like the real problems and it's the class sizes and lack of support staff salute to them mm-hmm. good job so uh and you know there's momentum building in nevada we'll see what happens in the fall but uh there's i mean st- arizona west virginia what would uh, it Colorado. Take for, what would it take for an out-of-state union to support another state or another union like that? Well, I don't know. We're a right-to-work state, so technically right now it's illegal for us to strike. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in some weird way. I, I think it's like, yeah, we have to go to collective bargaining. But there first. is a bill being in right now in the Nevada State Legislature that would approve uh, collective bargaining. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. That's why I say, like, once this session is over, we'll see where the dust settles. And where we people will go from there. Politics. Yeah, and they're working fever pitch right now, trying to get everything done. So see what happens. Yeah, like they still haven't shown that like there's a huge education bill, and they still haven't shown how they're going to fund it or like what it's actually going to do. Like we're supposed to be getting three percent raises, but there's only <laughs> there's only funding for it for the first year, not for the next two years, and they haven't shown how they're supposed to fund it, and they're like. This shouldn't be the choice. Like, if we get raises, they shouldn't be taking the money from other parts of it. So, like, you're going to lay off some teachers to give everyone else a raise? Mm. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's what happens with the stuff. Like, people are like, oh, teachers got a raise. But, like, yeah, they didn't give us extra money. They just took that money from other places. Yeah, maybe, like, uh, 1%. On your taxes extra? You're not going to notice it on your... Like, if if Nevada had a a 2% state tax, it would make... The difference it would make in the quality of life for Nevadans is crazy. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in Ely, uh, some guy just like heard this in his psyche and is like loading a gun right yeah. now. He's like, somebody <laughs> thinks I should pay tax. <laughs> He's on his way to Midtown right now. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just, just like, uh, and it's just like just a little bit, and like you're not gonna notice it on your paycheck. You know, it's probably gonna be like a couple bucks. It's like I always tell them, my parents live in New York on Long Island. They have some of the highest property taxes and some of the highest tax rates in America. But you know what? They also have the best schools in America, mm-hmm. super well-funded, uh, like infrastructure, uh, social work, police, fire. Yeah. Everything out there is super well-funded and very highly rated. 
and you have a good social safety net mm-hmm. but it's funded by these it's funded by these taxes and that's what makes a place a good place to live like people in Nevada like the reason I posted an article last week. The reason we're last in all these things is we just don't want to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Nevadans, you pay no taxes. Stop being cheap. And you're so fucking cheap. And you have like teen suicide. Like we have terrible. Like we're like in the top three in teen suicide rate. We're, you know, up teen, there yeah, well, in teen pregnancy. Yeah. Right. Like we're lowest funded state. We spend less. We have bigger. We have the largest class sizes in the United States. These things are going to affect us for the next 30 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. As we continue to grow, and you got if you don't invest in yourself, like nobody else, you're is. not like, gonna yeah. get like that's not long term growth. Not, mm-hmm. not not a way to be successful. And like for teachers in New York, um, public school teachers get paid more than private school teachers. You know, like think about that. Like, and that's because of the taxes. Yeah, it just shows mm-hmm. um, people's priorities too. Yeah, you know, they they a lot of people are thinking about well, I don't want to be paying for any of that, but they're not thinking in the long term how that's going to support mm-hmm. us, you know, our state, our children, our future. Yeah, well, that's that's what you have to look like. Your money is where, like someone made a, they made a good point in this article. They're like, this state came up with however much millions, what seven hundred fifty million dollars like that to pay for a fucking stadium for the Raiders. Yet they can't come up with half that to properly fund education. It's just priorities. Hmm. There's it's just like a national there's always money to go to war, but there's never money to help the people in this yeah. fucking country. Mm-hmm. And it's just your priorities. Who's benefiting from this? Like yeah. fucking wake up people. Just like like the- wake the fuck up. Like mm-hmm. if people want to go to war, it's for a reason and it's not to fucking spread liberty and justice. No. <laughs> Because, like, we were talking about Venezuela and stuff within Iran and everything like that. It's like, oh, there's a battleship going to Iran, but we're not going to war. You know, like, okay, sure, that makes total sense. Where's that money coming from? Yeah, exactly. That's not in the budget. No. But they always have, you, they never have, Mm -hmm. it's, you never hear them be like, oh, we don't have enough money to do this when it's fucking raining death someplace else. (laughs) But when it comes to, like, giving education to your (laughs) own fucking people and healthcare to your own fucking people, all of a sudden, there's not money no for money, it. Yep. I'm not here for that. If you think that, so- <laughs> or like that GoFundMe for the wall. You know how much money yeah. did that make? And it's just like that money could have been used for so much stuff, even though it wasn't used. But like it, people raised that much money to build a fucking. You want to get wall. enraged to yeah. take some action? Follow uh, the the Facebook page. Like, how are you radicalized by our medical system? And read those fucking t- terrible stories. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One guy was like, my dad got diagnosed with Parkinson's and killed himself so that uh, we wouldn't go into debt treating it because yeah. we like his health insurance didn't cover it. The treatment. Oof. That was the one I read this John morning. John Q. Jeez. Yeah. And it's even on like, yeah, like people have to choose between death and leaving debt behind if their mm-hmm. treatment doesn't work because of our shitty fucking medical system in this country. It's not shitty just based off capitalism and. Choose, choose not it. to believe in the mm-hmm. dollar. Choose, yeah. choose not the church of the dollar and just, eh, whatever. Yeah. You, you, fuck your and credit. Changing <laughs> some you don't, you don't need credit. All right. Rob right. Banks. Four teachers Rob and Banks. a principal yeah. are on leave for taking a pic with a noose. Yep. In our, and my favorite fucking Southern California city. <laughs> Palmdale. Palm, Palmcaster, like I like to call it. A mix <laughs> of Palmdale and Lancaster. Me. But yeah, they were like, just like. That's the taint of fucking the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like four four teachers and the principal took the picture and they have like a noose and they're all just laughing at it. And then they're like all the teachers. All the what was like, their explanation of this? Um, I'm not worried about theirs, but <laughs> like, <laughs> correct <laughs> answer. Fair enough. But just, like, because they're fucking it's idiots. Fucking insane. Yeah. And then there's like teach. There's non-teachers, but there's parents are like they took their kids out of that fucking school. You know, Good for them. And I'm just like, dude, that's like your teachers. You know that you went to school. You're educated at least a little bit. You're fucking adults. Uh, yeah. in 2019. Mm-hmm. They probably just watch Fox News. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> ridiculous hail to rupert murdoch but yeah more fucking just fucky boy shit and this week in racism <laughs> oh a georgia mayor says their town isn't ready for a black leader so georgia this is in georgia so uh was he even going for a leadership position Wasn't it was it like an administrative it, it, position? administrative position is he from georgia and they like the, the when they looked at his application they're like oh He's black though. <laughs> they, said, they, they said he's qualified. He will do a great job. Oh, but he's black, mm-hmm. and we're just not ready for that. No. Who's the <laughs> and this was uh, Georgia right now? Isn't it John Lewis? He's not in this district. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, he's like downtown Atlanta or something. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Griffin's face is so awesome. Yeah. Right <laughs> the the, the mayor withdrew the application of Keith Henry, a finalist for city administrator. Because he's black and the city isn't ready for this. That's in quotes. She, mm-hmm. less, she allegedly said the remark to, to a city council member during a closed-door session, the newspaper reported, citing interviews with city officials and documents it obtained through re- records re- requests. One of the documents, written that day by councilman, claimed the mayor doubled down on her comments in the parking <laughs> lot after the meeting. She proceeded to tell me that the candidate was real good, but he was black and we don't have a big black population, and she just didn't think... That Hoshchun was ready. The mayor disputed the allegations to, in a statement denying she made any comments that suggest prejudice, but the story has reverberated rapidly through the 2,000 residents <laughs> and has cast a negative light on the city's leadership, according to uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution. This should be the fastest EEO case anyone has ever seen on record. <laughs> this, this, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Holy shit. And they have that city has like a three percent black population too, so it's three percent of two thousand though. It, yeah, that's I, pretty easy to ignore. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying it's a big number, but it's like okay, what the fuck? How, it's 2019. How the fuck are you gonna be like that? But Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. did you see? Did you see all the production companies are pulling out of Georgia for the anti-abortion law? Can we talk about that for a second? God, that makes me fucking sick. Georgia's on fire. What did they say? Like a heartbeat. So people are like, does that mean child support starts then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean I can claim them as a dependent on my taxes? Yeah. Just did some handmaid's tale shit. Everybody mm. boycott Georgia for a while. They need to they need to come around. And like so much production coming like Tyler, I saw Tyler a picture of the guys or... fist bumping after they passed the law the other day. Dude. Wow. I don't uh, like promote violence, there. but I understand violence. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just saying. In certain situations. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Some fucked up shit. But moving on to something positive, it's Mother's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So my song of the week is a special song for all the moms out there. It's by Mac Miller featured Fonte. It's called I'll Be There. Mac Miller wrote it for his mom. And uh, it is a very sweet song. It made me think of my mom. I'm mm-hmm. going to send it to her tomorrow Ooh. for Mother's Day and be like, this song makes, makes me think of it. I give my mom the sweetest gifts. I'm the I, oldest. I'm the yeah. I love you, mother. Yeah. So, salutes to all you mothers out there. I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. All you future mothers, mm-hmm. enjoy your day. 
and uh enjoy yeah salut love you ma years old with a dream when my mom's told me I could do anything said she'd be there forever no matter what's the weather she'd always have my back even when we weren't together and I took her for granted I thought I had a plan it's a different generation I don't think you'd understand in the quest to be a man you start to learn you need your family it wasn't for them I'd be way closer to insanity it ain't about the vanity think about what's important the reason I was six years old rocking some Jordans the reason I had food my own damn room a TV in the living room to watch my cartoons I just hope she know I love her the world's best mother yeah it ain't fair so I'ma take care of her in her gray hair when I get rich I'll have her living like she should be no stress no worries you can call me cuz it's First bike ride, riding in the street in that delivery truck almost ran right over me you were at my games when I was sitting on the bench when I skipped school you lying say that I was homesick had my back before I had my own I know I'm always welcome when I'm back at home I just want to bring you out on stage to get a standing ovation all the work you did to make my life feel like a vacation if you have your moms you better treat her right call her up say what's up before you sleep tonight tell her you love her Thank her for what she did You may be grown now But remember being a kid When she fed you in the bed Shit, you were her baby So find out what she doing lately uh, I wanna tell your mama Welcome back, guys. That was I'll Be There by Mac Miller featuring Fonte. Just, you know, it's a good song. And he's just talking about his mom and how she supported mm-hmm. him. So I feel like that's a yeah. apt for all the, the moms out there that support their kids. I feel like uh, if your kid made this song for you, you'd, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see her reaction. Yeah. I'm probably sure she can't listen to it right and now. I and I think it's the video where it's like him as a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the one? It just shows like a bunch of actual footage of him as of a kid. Of him, yeah. And then like rapping and stuff. and But yeah, and it's off uh, Best Day Ever. I think, what, 10, 15 years now or something? I forgot the anniversary that passed from it. 10 years, I 10 think. 10 years. Yeah. yeah, first official um, album. Yep. First official like uh, album on a label, or major something label like that. Mm-hmm. debut. Because he made he had like a record of like most album sales like uh, independently back in the day. 
now everyone's grown independent now. So he was definitely selling stuff out of the trunk. So happy mm. Mother's Day. But now it is time for our meandering questions <laughs> for our guests. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready for this? Yep. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I've done this before. Yeah. So. They used to be rapid fire, but they're no. meandering now because they're now they're not fast. So the first question, and this is kind of following on what we just were talking. What's the last musical artist you listened to? I put on a Jimmy Cliff record yesterday after school. While I did my yard work. So. Mm. Okay. Jimmy Cliff. Hmm. Yeah, the sun was out. The vibes were right. It was quite enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I listened to Joshua Raiden on my way here. He's kind of like a singer-songwriter guy. Yeah. I dig him. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, I rode my bike here, um, and when I'm riding my bike and it's hot out, I really like like stoner rock. Uh, so I was listening to Caius on the way over, I think. All right. oh, very cool. All right. Next question. Uh, pet peeve for your students from your students. Biggest pet peeve try <laughs> put in some effort yeah. um yeah i think it's just effort i mean it's, of course you're not gonna know it right away you have to try and i have so many kids that just quit I'm like i don't know how to do it i'm like did you even try like no you didn't <laughs> one kid didn't even read a question the other day on the test he just it was all he had to do is put things in order off of another chart that was already in order and seriously it was the gimme question on the test and he didn't do it i was like what of course you failed well i'm sorry so just try <laughs> <laughs> Um, so second graders, you have to tell them 20 times and you can tell them you know, all different ways. And then they come and they ask you again. You're like, <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> it's lying for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, lying. Li- it's just, it's just the outright Dog stupid my fucking lies that they mm-hmm. tell straight to your face mm-hmm. when everyone knows they're lying. <laughs> I wasn't on my phone. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like, me. Like you're sitting in front of me. I just saw you flip that kid off. Will you not do that again? What do what? I wouldn't do anything. <sighs> Every time I see that, it's just like I want to hit you. <laughs> the, the, that one's really bad. That's kind of a pet peeve too. I definitely agree. With that the one. lying, because I'm like that's why I did the metaphor thing. Like, it's like a four year old trying to lie to you. Would you ever believe anything they said? That's you lying to me right now. And yes, I'm calling you a four year old. <laughs> <laughs> You're the four year old in the story. Um, for me, it's that my students have a culture of like hate. Like, everything I hear them say to each other is, like, shit-talking. They're, like, always tearing each other down and saying the rudest stuff. And I have to be like, hey, no, I don't say that to you, and you can't say that to each other in here. And they're like, oh, no, playing around. I'm like, okay, but words have meaning. So for me, it's that I constantly have to, like, intercede and be like, no, you can't just casually Shit on everyone (laughs) all the time. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's like, get over it. So being such a fucking hater. It's okay to be positive with each other. But the internet says different. All right, so so I wasn't sure about the motive behind this question. Is this is this breaks during the day or is this like I'll break break one. vacation break? Yeah, what is your favorite play? Because we have we have breaks during good times of year where not everyone else is off. So what's your favorite place to go on break? Like if we have like a weekday off or like you know when there's not going to be crowds. So what's your favorite place to go? Tahoe is always great, but just going out to lunch and like taking my time is like the like the be- <laughs> the best treat. Like I'm so excited, I'm gonna go to sushi after this, and I'm gonna take forever, and I'm like gonna like eat a frozen burrito over my desk real quick. Yeah. So I mean, I think the thing is like going to all the lunch places that all these other adults like Newman's and when it was open, and all like the delis are open Monday through Friday. I'm like, 
I have 30 minutes I'm across town. There's no way I can ever go there. Or all the Chinese restaurants that have great lunch specials. I think that's like my bread and butter when nice. we're on breaks and I'm not at school. A lunch that's not on the clock. Yeah. And like the <laughs> lunch special, I'm like, I love Chinese food. And it's like, I don't, when I go at night, I'm like, oh, I got to order like six different things. And it's like lunch specials. $40. Yeah. 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 Instead of, instead <laughs> so like of 12. A, a lunch special is like, yeah, it's a highlight. And I, I definitely look forward when I'm not working. I'm like, Ooh, I can get lunch specials today. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, I mean, totally that's it's so nice and then you can go places and you don't you can actually eat and and hang out you don't have to rush and like we really don't want that much (laughs) (laughs) i mean i eat two days of me two meals every day at work and it's just like it's what's fast and available it's like the most efficient way like my day not based on anything else Mm -hmm. yeah going to the bathroom when i want to that's oh. that's a really sweet deal <laughs> the unscheduled life yeah. not watching my water intake yeah. and then planning my bathroom breaks <laughs> yeah. can't drink this much because <laughs> i don't have a prep today or whatever oh yeah. wow, man it's the simple things in life <laughs> Griffin, what, what the rest you? of us it, don't know <laughs> when it comes to oddly timed breaks that make teaching great and like what you do with those times like i i think about our cold season breaks like the time we get around christmas and especially in the fall especially in this state because we have many many hot springs and there's nobody at them when it's cold so if you like to get outdoors um especially like during your fall or winter break uh, normally you go out to hot springs and there's like 50 like naked nevadans who are like hey but like in the cold seasons you go out there it's just you and the stars so that's like that's the Ooh. odd break time that thing that i like to take good, advantage good of good answer hey <laughs> Mine's kind of the same thing. It's like day trips to Tahoe, like mm, yeah. going to Tahoe on like a Tuesday or Wednesday in the summertime where you go and it's like not as cr- like, There's you know, a- you go on Saturday and it's just insane. You could find a parking spot. You go, yeah, yeah. you go like regular, you know, even like, you know, going up at like two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and staying there until the sun sets and just hanging out nice. casually. Those it's, it's the little things like that that you don't get to enjoy as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the the summertime's great. I like, and you end up doing with all your teacher friends because yeah. they they have the yeah. same schedule. And all my other friends are like, well, we're gonna go to San Harbor on Saturday. I'm like, <laughs> good luck, yeah. like a regular person leaving, leaving at four in the morning. How, how are you gonna do that? Yeah. I'm gonna go and hang out at my house. Yeah, and <laughs> that's the, that is like chilling on Saturday. That's the other part of it. It's like just chilling on the weekends during the summertime, not doing anything, oh, just and then do, and then doing everything during the week that you want to do, like. Like sorry, I, oh I've been I've been out drinking like every night this week. I'm just gonna chill. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I'm on vacation. Yeah. It's Saturday. No, we're, I'm chilling tonight. But then, what do you say to people who are like, oh well, you get summers off, so you're you know, you know, being a if it's so good, so you then you should, what, yeah. I, what I say yeah. is, if it's such a good job, you yeah. should come be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah I because I know a lot of people. Who it's so easy. Them. How come not everyone does it? There must be something about the job that makes it so not everyone wants to do it. Yeah. Even with those breaks, the yeah. burnout on yes. our career is so high. Mm-hmm. It's like, obviously, we need those. <laughs> yeah, we do. We definitely do. I mean, there are people, they walk one hour in my shoes yeah. and see what I have to deal with. Have, have you met your kids? Here's, and here's the thing I always say. Like, like Kevin, my, you know, Kevin was like talking about my roommate about how you know, he wasn't feeling good one day and he just went to work and didn't do anything all day. And I was like, as a teacher, once the bell starts, there's no break. You have to be on. I can't go sit in the back and feel bad. You are in the ring. I have to be like <laughs> engaging and doing like you. There's no, you know, 
even putting together sub plans, like if I'm not gonna go in, it's not completely. It's a day more. Off. It's more <laughs> worth it to go in sick and just uh-huh. fucking grind through things when you're not feeling good than it is to take a day. Like taking a day off is fucking stressful as yes. a teacher. Mm. So yes, we. Anytime you breaks. get si- like so, like I was super sick this year, and it was like it fucked everything up last semester. Yeah. Like because it was it ended the semester right after Thanksgiving. I had to take like three days off, and it was fucking. It sucked. Yeah. It screwed up like the whole rest of the semester because like I had to change things around, and it just they, they didn't get what they needed because of that happened. Well, mm-hmm. and there's also all kinds of other trips I don't take. Like if weddings happen during the school year, I'm far less likely to go to them. All the like I used to go to Burning Man a lot, and it's like now I don't do that. It's like there's a lot of things I sacrifice because I, when I have to be there, I have to be there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I get good breaks of time off and that's when I plan my vacations. But if other people plan their weddings or graduations and things like I have to squeeze those in on tight weekends, I can't just take the week like other people can. I don't get to pick and choose when my breaks are. I do have breaks though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite happy hour in Reno. Teachers love to drink. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I used to be rap scallions, but I don't know what it is now shenanigans it's always shenanigans actually i don't even know why i thought about that shenanigans is the best i i'm the worst part about moving out of midtown was i don't go to shenanigans nearly as often now (laughs) um so my um teacher friends and i we have been going to bistro napa it's a little bougie, but uh, (laughs) why unwind is a dope follow your heart follow your heart yeah yeah uh mine is chapel in the uh Mm -hmm. the patio at chapel yeah nice Mm mm-hmm uh, it's it's less of a happy hour and more of like a club thing, but I have a membership at the Glass Die, oh, so everything yeah. I put in my mug is a dollar off. That's it's great. Tight. Yeah, it's That's wonderful tight. all the time. One hundred percent. Everything I order is like yeah. slightly cheaper forever. It's the best. That's how I was at uh, Lincoln Lounge. I love mm-hmm. the Glass Die. Does a great job. That's one of my favorite spots in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is fun. I like uh, creeping in there sometimes, and there's just like table games all over it's it. so and, packed and then yeah. i'm like dang i can't even sit and have a drink right now <laughs> back to public house the first time i walked in there it was like 10 o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night and it's like go in there it's the brightest bar i've ever walked into i'm like oh it's because they need to see the board games this is so different <laughs> <laughs> no and it's good because it's like it's it definitely smells better than like comic comic kingdom <laughs> when you go to comic kingdom for like board game night and i'm trying to buy a comic book or two and i'm just like oh man it's definitely it's definitely board game night over here <laughs> last question if you were principal for a day at your school what is the one thing you would do uh, replace the toilet paper in the faculty uh, bathroom. <laughs> the little things. We have these little paper squares that are just the most worthless things ever. And, like, I don't get it. So that would be the one thing I'd change for me. Other it's thing, criminal that that is our fucking toilet paper. <laughs> like, my job wasn't hard enough. And it's also, like, in the busiest it's fucking, hallway. It's, th- it's, like, two inches by two inches. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the busiest hallway. And everyone, like, it's taking breaks at the same time. There's no sign to say, like, you're in there. So the whole time you're going to the bathroom, it's just, like, constant door rattle. Like, it's just, like, panic fear dumps and peas and it's like it's, it's awful it, it's like the most stressful time of my life i'm like running there between classes with the handle shaking other people trying to get in and then like they look oh, at the toilet man. paper and it's just uh, miserable oh so, man I, it, the it, trauma the bathroom trauma of a teacher is definitely so we got that extra bathroom over in west hall that is closed so we yeah. can go use I have, we have keys that i have key that one so like, 
if I really need some privacy, I can go down to that one. Yeah. See, I, I don't have that luxury. So I know there's one in the nurse's office. Although, like, it. certain people, I won't name names, will, if they know someone's in there, <laughs> certain adults will come in and turn the light off. Because <laughs> it's right <laughs> on the door. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, most teachers are just like big kids. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of pranking that goes on. That's good. That's Pooping in the dark. What would you do, Debbie? Um, gosh, well, I think that morale is super big. We need to really bring our teachers up. And so as an administrator, I, well, only because I'm saying this because I had an administrator who had done this before. And even though it was a really hard year, you always felt appreciated. So making sure to go into every single classroom to say thank you to all of your teachers. I think that's huge. Yeah, because I think if you have a relationship, um, then people know that you care and then they'll want to work harder for you. Um, So that was, I had an admin who did that and no matter how hard it was that year, um, he made sure to let you know that you were important and that what you did was, was was important for for our kids i don't think that um bosses do that enough and um i think it would be a good thing good, good yeah. leadership advice yeah, yeah. feel making yeah making your <laughs> teachers feel appreciated yeah, yeah i would i would i would dig that yeah. so <laughs> thank you I, i'm actually the exact opposite oh. <laughs> i haven't had it i haven't had a conversation with my principal since that's the difference though between high school and i'm like yeah. great and elementary love school, it I, I, like yeah. yeah i'm like cool and i never want to see my admin team if i could just like <laughs> never make eye contact with them ever again two thumbs way up um, <laughs> i think that what i would do if i was principal for a day is i would ask all of my i would make all the teachers justify what they're doing with research-based evidence i feel like there are a lot of old guard teachers at my school who are just like teaching things that don't make any sense anymore and i need them to just read some research and that's what i would do if i was a principal i would i thought when i came with this question i thought of it but then my answer just changed because this is (laughs) Actually, something I this is something that I would actually do if I were a principal. It kind of goes along with what you said, but like I would meet, I would make it a point at the beginning of the year, end of the year, to go into every teacher's classroom and sit down with them and just chat about like what their what their feelings are about like the upcoming school year, what they'd like to do personally, what their goals are, and like see if I they need my help with anything. And then at the end of the year, like think like. Like an exit interview, like how do you think this school year went? Like what would you like to see change to do better? Just something like that to touch base twice a year. And I would like make it a point to like go to them. So it's not like they have to come sit in your office. But like you just go into their classroom and sit down and just have like, how's the school year gone for you personally? You know, like what's things that you should they think we should change or what, what needs to be done differently? Just have super honest conversation and get their feedback just so like they, you are like – you have that connection with them. I feel like that just increases buy-in mm-hmm. and uh, makes them feel value- more valued as a as an employee. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right, Sean, you got the next one? Are we going to Well, do congratulations yeah. on the answering all the Mandarin questions. Yeah. You guys hey, we passed successfully yeah. with flying colors. Yeah. Those were very well through teachers. So Where's like, with star know. stickers? So this now our fuck boy fuck of the boy. week. Ah, if you follow me one. on the internet, you saw I posted a picture the other day. It's the man that's driving around Reno with the stickers on his car that say "I eat ass" and Sid nudes, and whose license plate says "Squad." Squad. <laughs> it's S Q U A D D, and. Uh, 
I posted this picture on our social media this week, and I like so yesterday. This was on Thursday. I saw him. He's picking up some kids at the school next door <laughs> oh, to God. my school. So the elementary school. The elementary yeah. school. <laughs> and then I like I was like, "Have you guys seen this car with the license plate squad that has the inappropriate <laughs> yeah. stickers?" And the kids were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And like finally, in like one of the periods, like towards the end of the day, this kid's like, "That guy lives on my street." Oh shit! And uh, I was like so excited. So I was like, <laughs> "All right." investigation time <laughs> like how old is this guy like he's obviously not cool right and of course like the seventh grade boy thought this guy was super f- funny oh, and cool yeah, yeah. it wasn't like this eighth grader's like no like everyone kind of like you know he's like yeah like the older people make fun of him but he's like i've seen like some of my friends like laugh and think it's funny but he's like it just seems kind of stupid and i'm like how old is this guy and they're like he's like 23 or something oh well, makes sense and i'm like he, just yeah. broed out he's got to be a bro he know. he looked. He's just very young Hispanic male. Oh. Yeah, and very I, probably machismo. I like slow down. Oh, okay. Like they're like, oh, like what, like what would you do? Would you beat him up? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I would like talk, try and like talk to him. Like I would talk to you guys. Like talk some sense and be like, hey man. Like first of all, I'm like, ladies. Like this guy. Like is this. <laughs> What you're looking for? He picks you up for a date oh, yeah. in this. He probably, like, has, he probably, has, a, probably has a girlfriend. And I'm just yeah. like, like, first of all, I want to know, like, that can't be working for you, first of all. Yeah. And then I was like, if you have to ask, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to ask. If you have to ask. <laughs> and, like, display it on your card. You're doing it wrong. Very true. Like, <laughs> just. I hope he hears this. I hope he's a fan of the podcast. Right. <laughs> Not anymore. I hope so. I mean, <laughs> On the fuck boy of the he's week. He's our fuck boy of the week. <laughs> but like, we also will help you so you avoid this distinction in the future. If you want to come on, we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you lose uh, a bet? Yeah, what happened? Explain. For for our therapy session, it'll cost at least some beer, maybe a sushi session. It'll be good. I'll just take him out and be like, hey, bro, like... Mm-hmm. You need to be a better man. Than yes, like no, you're making and he's, you're he's, bringing us all down. But if he's picking up someone at the elementary school too, it's his little. It's his. Oh, siblings. it's his sibling. Oh. All right, no. that's the other thing. I was like, so, yeah. imagine being in fourth grade and you walk out, and, and this is your, your brother picking you up, and that's your, or your dad, your stepdad. You know? yeah. <laughs> like a couple oh, kids. Like my, oh. my my age was like, oh, my brother would totally have that on my car. He's a douchebag. <laughs> They're like, how old is your brother? She's like twenty three. Uh. Like he still lives there. It's like supposedly supposed to be moving out this week. <laughs> this week. Uh, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm sad that you say mm-hmm. that. I'm like, I feel like my siblings, mm-hmm. I was way cooler than them. I would never do that to them. Yeah. If I had a friend when I was in elementary school that got picked up with a sticker that said, I eat ass, we would make fun of that kid. Really. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That would be a total victim. Make sure you get a kiss on the cheek before you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> your breath smells like shit yeah but there's kids walking around our school that have i eat ass on their binders and like yeah. or i eat the booty on their binders mm-hmm. they think Oof. it's funny until you get pink eye <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was guy, fucking good yeah. this guy in florida they got arrested for it the sticker i eat ass on his truck got arrested and then they uh, they dropped the case because of first amendment so mm. so it's legal to have an i eat ass sticker on your car oh yeah I mean, it's legal to have Confederate flags, so yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) very true. Well, on a on a better note, hit the hero of the week this week. So Shaq, um, Shaquille O'Neal, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal for (laughs) the rest of the people out there who don't listen to sports. If you know more than one Shaq, and then uh, (laughs) haven't played Shaq Fu as a child, (laughs) but uh, 
he helped this middle school kid his um you know parents can't afford shoes and he's a size 18 so he bought him like 10 pairs of shoes yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just helped out that family. So very cool. Mm-hmm. Shaq's like these are my high school shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Metal school <laughs> shoes. Metal school shoes. <laughs> Shaq is super. Uh, Brad. Uh, Shaq was here last year for I think the golf tournament, and uh, Brad, his uh, girlfriend, was there with her son, and he like walked by the son and like mentioned he had his basketball or baseball jersey on and started just casually talking to him like at like Qdoba or something like talking to him and then like took like went outside with him took pictures with him and was like you play basketball just chatted him up he seems like a great guy him and Charles Barkley are like the best thing about TNT yes I love I love Chuck (laughs) terrible just straight terrible But yeah, I think, uh, someone called uh, Merrill called him. He's like, "You fucking living Werthers, yeah, <laughs> you big ass living Werthers, yeah." But Shaq, Shaq is nice. <laughs> Shaq's, Shaq's fucking funny. Like yeah, I love yeah. seeing him. Like he's hilarious. Yeah, it's good. He's, he's, My mom loves watching that show. Mm-hmm. My mom does too. She hates basketball, but she watches <laughs> she the halftime show for Shaq and Charles just to see him like fight and argue uh. and bicker. <laughs> Oh, that's, hilarious, dude! You're, that's awesome. Your mom's tight. <laughs> well, wrapping up uh, this show, uh, we've got some local events. May, if you don't know, is Bike Month. So uh, May 18th, the Kiwanis Club will be hosting Riding on the River, a celebration of cycling in the Reno Tahoe area. So you can check that out down uh, uh, by the Sierra Tap House over there. What is that called? The park? Winfield. Wing, uh, Win, Wingfield Park mm-hmm. downtown. That'll be going on. That's uh, next Saturday, May 18th. There's also uh, the Reno River Festival going on right now, right? This As weekend. We speak, yeah. Mm-hmm. I might cruise down there later. Uh, the Crucible is playing at the Bruca Theater through May 18th. So uh, check that out. We got to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to This Is Reno, mm-hmm. the Reno News and Review. For, uh, we're going to start sharing their events, I feel like, especially This Is Reno. Those guys are awesome for local yeah. news. If you don't know about This Is Reno, become a member, support them. Also, Boogie Down Book Club next Sunday, May 19th. We will be having our second master class. We'll have DJ Epic there teaching mm-hmm. uh, transitions and blending. Uh, and then I think uh, we're going to have Orlando there to share some of his new music as well. Spit some hot fire for Just us. Spit nice. some hot fire. Hot fuego. You so just dropped that anti-Yucca Mountain song. Yeah, yeah, we played that on the radio last mm-hmm. night. And uh, he'll be uh, playing. He's got some other stuff. Uh, I think Josue, him and Josue might do something. Yeah. So. Check that out. All, all ages, ages for free. Mm-hmm. At Holland. Four o'clock next Sunday at Holland Project. Bring your kids. Bring your kids. And uh, don't worry, Game of Thrones. You can watch it later, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, if you have not yet, go to kwinkradio.org. Become a member. They have a 500-member goal. They're still working towards it to go 24 hours a day. So become a member for as little as $5 a month to support Kwink. Uh, Griffin, you have a Spoken View show on there that you've been doing. Caesar and I have our show. There's dozens of other de- local DJs who volunteer their time, so mm-hmm. um, they're going to expand their programming. They need your help, so go. That's uh, kwinkradio.org. Yeah, definitely. So, last question before we go, for you guys, what's one thing you want people to know about being a teacher? It, it's very reactionary, like you said earlier. The bell to bell, the first bell rings. I, it's like I'm just go 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 go. It's not me sit and talk about something I want to talk about. I'm putting out fires left and right, doing this, that, and the other. Uh, it's exhausting. I mean, I've done physical labor. I've worked out in the field. I've like done all these other things. And 
the tired I am after certain days of teaching is just ridiculous sometimes. And it starts too early for me. So <laughs> these poor kids. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just a, it's a different kind of tired. Yes, we get off early, but it's a different kind of tired. You hang out with a bunch of teenagers and kids all day. You'll be, you'll be exhausted. Uh, yeah, kind of building off of that. I mean, teachers work so hard and um, we, we put a lot of effort into what we do. And oftentimes we are the people who your kids are going to be with the most. So be nice. Be nice to a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> because we do a lot more than what some people think we do. Good advice. Um, I would say, um, kind of building on both those responses, that the thing I wish people knew about teaching is that it's a tremendous amount of emotional labor like um i feel grateful all the time because like my best friend from like the block i grew up in sprays acid in mines for a living and i'm like whoo glad i don't do that but my my job is tremendously difficult because i do emotional labor i'm constantly exposed to like the rawness of like um, my students experiences and their the trauma they're carrying my struggles mm-hmm. yeah and their trauma they're just like hey here's my trauma and they like throw it on your desk and then that becomes part of your life and that happens five or six times a day and so i'm doing a tremendous amount of emotional labor that i don't think people think about when they're a teacher's job um and that's my that's my thing yeah we wear like many many hats yeah i like that name for the exhaustion the emotional burden and labor that i do because yeah it's a lot of trying to teach them the morals and navigate just awkward teenage years for me so so yeah i like that label though i've i've worked in several different fields i've been around business my whole life through my parents Teachers, the the teachers I've worked with are by far the most professional uh, workers I've ever been around. They take their jobs so seriously. We have professional development every single week. We are always required to keep improving on our jobs, and we take everything we do. We plan so much. We spend so much time going into planning what we do that like for someone who isn't a teacher to come in and question what you do if you have a kid (laughs) who goes to a school like when you go in there like that teacher i guarantee that teacher spends more time and thought planning out their lessons than you do fucking interacting with your kid on a daily basis (laughs) so if you come into a school and you're like questioning what that teacher is doing like you are a fucking asshole and you are insulting like, I'm not saying you're, but you are biased. We have, we deal professionally for a living with hundreds of kids every day and put so much intent and thought into every action we do that if you come in there questioning or like what we are doing, we are professionals and spend so much time. So like they said, like, it's very, 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 very disrespectful. It, when I see parents come in and like don't take responsibility for the actions of their kid and blame the teacher, mm-hmm. like that child is yours, it is not ours, yeah. and that child's behavior is a reflection of you, not us. We are doing everything we can in the forty-nine minutes I have your kid every day. <laughs> that kid has spent his entire life with you, so if you're unhappy with the outcomes you're experiencing in school. You need to take your, a look in the mirror because it is the your child's success is most dependent on you first and foremost. Drop that mic. Yeah. Drop that mic. Like we are expected to do too much and we do more than we are paid to do. 
and we have an impact beyond what we are paid and expected and required to do. If every fucking parent put as much time in to parenting as we do into teaching, this country would be way different. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Listen up, parents. <laughs> Listen up. Touche. All right. Any taglines for this episode? I don't know. What do you guys think? What should be the title? Teach your kids. <laughs> Appreciate your teachers. <laughs> oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for being here. You guys yeah, thank awesome. you guys for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Salutes to MJ for coming earlier. Yeah. Salutes to Tim and Rachel and Rachel who uh, were on last year. I, I reached out to both Rachels. They couldn't make it. Uh, I think Tim's. I'd already said he was doing something this weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, we thank you guys for coming. Salutes to all my, all my fellow educators and teachers out there. I uh, hope you had a good teacher appreciation week. The end is almost near. You have our respect. Yeah, you're not out there doing <laughs> this alone. And to all the moms, I hope you have a you had a wonderful Mother's mm-hmm. Day. And uh, dads, we won't forget about you next month. Yeah. Sign it off. That was great. Yeah. That was a great ending. All right. This is uh, the Honey Badger. I'll see you guys later. This is Sean. Peace. Howdy. Oh,